0: previously, on Will Save. Our crew conquered the creatures but our companions' cares were far from free as they fastidiously fled towards their only hope of escape, the stewards upon the Void Crier. With instructions to meet in the cargo bay, our crew instead decided to misdirect and play coy with their steward cohorts after feigning a flight to safety through the previously discovered shaft between the reactors. But their trickery seemed of little consequence as the stewards appeared to be genuinely glad our gang made it out alive and our heroes were greeted aboard the Void Crier by Narla Shea and his team, who quickly made it off the cursed rock outpost Omicron, the converted asteroid turned laboratory hidden away in the Foegrim system. Now free from the clutches of their gray captors, our crew receives some clandestine communiques as their host Shay directs them to view the cascade of explosives erupting from the outpost. But whatever celebration there may have been at the site of the fiendish funhouse's fiery demise, as total destruction seems more imminent, time begins to grind and slow to a halt, then reversing around the asteroid, finally blinking out of existence in an instant, without a trace as we end Book 2 but with this book now concluded will Kev's questions and queries to what took place be acknowledged or will GM John continue to disclose nothing more than quandaries of confusion and further confound our cohort in his world of illusion find out this time on will save plot armor part 2
1: Welcome to Plot Armor, the episode that you've been waiting for, the episode behind the episode where secrets abound, maybe they get revealed, maybe they don't, probably not, had the players yeah, turned a don't. corner. We'll get to that later. Just so you know, there will be spoilers. So if you're not caught up to spoiler! episode six to nine, spoiler, 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 you should get caught up before you do this. <laughs> Unless you just want to get caught up, which is fine too. Anyway, I really am John 69. Swan. I'm your GM. We got the Will Safe
2: crew here. Did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna go to. Nice. <laughs> I'm pointing down to the person on the East Coast in Maryland. I think that's me. Who are you?
2: Uh, My name is Kevin Decker. Okay. Um, By day... I think we've done this before, but by day, I am a space engineer. I engineer space. Space. Yep. Uh, I have a son and a wonderful wife, and I live in Maryland. And at night, I record podcasts for fun.
1: Well, that's
2: cool. Yeah. Who's next, Kev? Is that what we're supposed to... Okay. He's cool. Um, I'm going to roll the dice. No, I don't have any... Wait, like, I didn't even have dice out for this
1: episode. Starfinder podcast. He doesn't have any dozen, dice. Doesn't have dice. Was classic. Welcome I to Will Save. No uh, one has I roll dice.
2: A four, so that's going to go to Kelly.
1: Oh,
3: hey. Uh, I make uh, web apps and I, <laughs> at nighttime, uh, do karaoke with friends. My name's Kelly. Uh, <laughs> I play Here's Fabricius. And uh, yes, some of your questions won't be answered in Plot Armor. We can that.
2: That's his only name. It's like Madonna or Cher. It's, just Kelly. it's, it's just, is just Kelly Kelly.
3: I don't want to reveal my last name But you'll, you'll know actually if you visit the website And anywhere else though um, Yeah uh, definitely love recording With these gents um, Podcasts at night And uh, I don't know or Sunday Thanks mornings. for listening Yeah, or Sunday, or Sunday mornings.
1: mornings or Saturday afternoons Or Friday mm-hmm. evenings Whatever can morning, Get it in
4: Sunday morning
1: Who's next Kelly
3: I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say it's gonna be Dice Cam. Oh. Uh,
5: hi, Dice
3: Cam, uh, Dice Cam. Just,
4: I'm a new addition to the show, and uh, I'm just really happy to be here and to show off all these shiny math rocks that uh, my owner has. God,
3: I love Dice Cam's voice; is so nice. Yeah, it's so
1: pleasant. She's I like also beautiful. enjoy
4: singing and uh, karaoke. It's fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. And that fun fact Dice that Cam. we that was that was Dice Cam. Fun fact: Kelly and Dice Cam had a very brief relationship that we were there for, but then I think it didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't a whirlwind I mean, romance. Yeah, just
0: I, Yeah, she her I mean, expectations are. very oh man! Oh man! Very wait! Wait!
6: Wait!
3: High. Wait! I told I told Dice Cam. Wait! Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. I was like, want a lot say, of it's, slow burn
2: a, kind of thing. It was a romance. Ah, uh, what a Oh, I, I wow. told
1: no punishment these... outside of game episodes. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. Sorry, that's how that works. Dude, this, oh, this beard just, just
6: exploded it. that I cracked open.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was laughing. It was, yeah. It was, it was <laughs> laughing. That's how tickled that it was by Kev's joke. Yeah. Dice Gam, who are you going to call on? I'm uh, going to call on Vinny
4: or the other new addition because Vinny's awesome.
6: Yeah. I am I guess that makes me the second newest cast member. (laughs)
2: That's I think think,
1: you are, dude. Yeah.
2: You're no longer the rookie.
6: Right. I'm no no longer the FNG. Um, (laughs) I'm Vinny Rodriguez. By day I am a slate analyst. I work in in higher ed CRM development. By night, I get to hang out with all these fine gentlemen and dice cam. And uh, foil all of John's plans to murder our characters. Yes. Amazing! Hey. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to the illustrious William Bartholomew Garrett.
2: Like no offense, but it was kind of process of elimination at that point.
6: Yeah, uh, you
2: should
0: roll for it. I'm Will of Garrett, and uh, yeah, uh, I play a, a doctor. Uh, on the <laughs> podcast but in real life i'm not a doctor and uh i i write software for for organizations who need oh crap i just knocked over a Party bunch thaw. of beers
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow will and i used to work together we M- were me co-workers. and kelly used to work together a lot and we drank a lot of beers in that in the conference rooms
5: yeah
6: who uh who who left whom
3: i left will left that company Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Not because of me, but no, because, no, because uh, of <laughs> other yeah. reasons.
6: It was mutual, like like you and Dice Cam?
3: I, I was the one that initiated it with Dice Cam breaking up. I'm just saying. All right. That's <laughs> true. For the record. Yeah, it's we true. Never, we, we never got together. It's, it's true. fine. We just Dice never, Cam is... We never clicked. <laughs> but it's fine. We're friends. We can it's stay It's fine, friends. man. Everything's all right. Look, we can go into this. It. I want to think about Dice
1: Cam right We next. can go into this on the this Discord. <laughs> Tice, Cam and Kelly can each share their part of the story in the random channel, so it'll be good. It's fine. All All right. Till then, let's talk about. We'll save the podcast,
2: but first, we'll save. We'll save. We'll save. We'll save. will save. I think we should play a dating game, but I think that um, I think Will should be the host, and I think Vinnie should be the contestant or the. I, love I don't it. know who's. Let's do it. What's yep. the name of the person that's like? Dating everybody else. The, All right,
6: the uh, the bachelor, Four.
2: the bachelor, bachelorette. Okay. Your choice.
6: So, so for me and for our listening audience, how does this work?
2: Um, so Will will be the host, and then the bachelorette will be the bachelorette, and Hi. uh, the, then there will be three contestants, and the whole thing is that each contestant will was going to be texting us, uh, what our characters actually are, and we act those out, and it's up to the bachelor or bachelorette to to determine who we are and, and answer by the time we are done with the game.
0: All right. So I'm going to be uh, okay. coming up with things for your characters that I am going to privately, for the listeners at home, I am furiously typing away uh, at cr- giving a, a tidbit of information for our contestants to then
1: improv from. Uh, here we go. Also, while he's thinking, I will jump in and say, I think that. Uh, just, just want to extol the virtue of some improv games in your group because I think it really helps bring about a sense of working together as a group. Yes, anding, all buying into the same scenario, the same scene, being creative. I think it's really fun to do before your games. It's a great way to to, to just kind of loosen up your creativity, have fun, work on those skills. You can talk about like how to uh, react to each other and, and build, you know the the creativity in the world that you're all buying in. Obviously, I'm not an
2: expert,
1: but I think you should do it if you're at home uh, listening. I, you try. I don't
2: want to get too serious with this, but in reality, um, an improv class, oh, I, yeah. I highly recommend an improv class yeah. just for anybody and everybody because it will help you. It'll help you with public speaking, it'll Helps help you with, you with confidence, socializing, everything. confidence. It, it, there's there's all sorts of games that you play, but like in reality, those games are what we do on a daily basis with everybody. Whenever you're talking to a stranger, whenever you're talking to even your friends and your, your partners and your spouse, um, those those social skills you're using, that's all improv actually is. Mm-hmm. It's just that we like to also apply voices and make it fun.
1: Yeah. but The role that that you come up with in the games, you also play roles in your life. Right? So those improv skills apply to any role that you may play. Yeah, one of the
2: hardest games I ever played, and I forget exact rules on it, but it was all about like you either are are lifting the person or lowering them in that conversation. Like you're either talking up or talking down to somebody. And the goal is to actually be the higher person by the end of the game. Mm. So you're constantly like giving or taking, giving or taking. And then it's like, okay, stop. And like whoever had that upper hand... At the end of the game, but like, it gets very serious, and some of those some of those like uh, sentences can come in real heavy, and you're like, "Ouch! That that hurt."
1: That, we should play yeah. that game in a safe I have to really, context. I'll look
2: up the rules on it. I've got an improv book somewhere.
1: Will, are we ready? We
0: are, I believe, ready, ladies and ready gentlemen. To welcome to another exciting episode of the Dating Game. We have our eligible bachelorette. Um, I'm going to call her <laughs> What's her name? V- Vilamina. <laughs> Vilamina, introduce yourself to our to our contestants to the eligible bachelors.
4: Hello. I'm Vilamina. I like reading novels. And long walks at the beach with my fifteen cats. Oh no! And my mom.
0: Amazing. Bachelor number one. I'm just looking at my screen. Uh, I believe your name is uh, Kelvin.
2: Uh, hey. Uh, <laughs> is uh, uh, I, I'm. I know we're doing this remotely, and that's great. But like, um, I, is there any way we can wrap this up kind of quick? I'm I've got something going on that I need to fix back here. And I, I don't, I'm glad we're remote. Cause like, I really don't smell that good. I hate to admit it, but like, Whoa, it's, it's not me. I swear. Like I'm normally a very clean person, but like we we're having a lot of issues here. Um, so if we can just, whew, you know, tell me if you're, if you're going to take me or not, and then I can call it. Otherwise I got to go. An approach that sometimes works.
0: Bill. I like Spillamina. Um, question i guess uh you you may wish to ask you know all of our bachelors maybe the same question uh over and over but i think we should go move next to to don don what um where would you like to take bill amina on a date
1: hey bill amina uh look i got a thought for you pretend you're in the ocean okay Pretend you're, the waves are lapping on you. You're getting some salt in your face. Maybe you're like, oh, no, there's salt water in my eye. And you're rubbing your eye. And then you open your eye. And f- what's right this? there in front of you? Just a bunch of sea monkeys. Like, how how fun would that be? Right? I mean, it would just be rad to just be like... Yeah. See monkeys? Yeah, you know, just think about it. There's, there's <laughs> in my eye? No, well, you know, it could be in your eye. P- p- the closer to your eye, the more that you can see their beauty. I mean, they're, look, they're handmade. All right, and they're really attractive. They're 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 really great. You're gonna see them and be like, wow, the multitude of colors, the ocean salt spray. Let's do that on our on our on our first day. We got some great packages. Uh, just let me know when it comes around to ask you some questions. I got all the answers. Shipping handling is on me. It's cool. <laughs> and bachelor.
0: our final bachelor, uh, <laughs> Nelly, Nelly, tell us uh, about. You know what? What really turns you on, and uh, yeah,
3: you know what? I really think that you should do. I think you should come hang out with me um, and my beautiful bird. Oh, he's so beautiful. His name is Winston. He's great, and he can do everything. Everything, and I feel like if you like getting your face sat on by a bird, this is the bird that you want. All right. Honestly, he and I. I, I'm gonna be honest. If if it were up to me, I would be, you know, I wouldn't be here. There's someone I, I, whose affections haven't been returned to me yet, but but I feel like I feel like we could make something work as long as the birds involved. Right? You gotta like Winston. Keep your cats away from him, by the way. <laughs> no cats on the dates allowed. So if you want to come and like you know ride on the wings of fury, come with me.
4: Let's do it. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Bet. Bachelor number one. Yeah, uh? Uh-huh. If we were to have a weekend together, where would we go?
2: Uh well I, I really um I I kinda stay me and my people, we kinda stay inside. Most of the time, like, I don't think I've seen the sun in the last 14 years. Um, and That's because, you know, the the, the apocalypse is going to happen. So we were just prepping for it. I know it hasn't happened yet because we still have like satellites and those things probably our satellite TV would probably not be working if something did happen. But like, you know, it could happen any minute. So we're, we're you know, but we might have to actually open the hatch because like there's definitely a problem with our, our, our issues here. So
4: Schedular number one, you sound pretty, pretty uh, prepared for whatever might happen. Any catastrophes?
2: We were prepared for everything but the backup. Oof <laughs> Oof <laughs> Yeah, Woo's right. So uh
4: Oh goodness. Your your bunker sounds like it's full of uh unmentionables.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are there are things down here.
4: Mm-hmm. I hope you brought your waiters. <laughs> Bachelor number two. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if I was to cook dinner for us,
1: what would you like? You know, that's a really good question. Here. Think about this. You seem like you're really good at selling. Right? Like you like you can really just nail it. Like you have this aptitude for bringing yourself and getting, you know, just just getting people on board. So what I want to ask you is sell me the dinner that we would have. Sell it to me. <laughs> Uh, I would be,
4: I would be serving uh, fried sea monkey. That's
1: <laughs> great. It's great.
4: With a side of oyster salad.
1: You know that sounds great. You nailed it. I feel like I'm already eating oyster salad right now as I'm talking to you. It's already in my mouth. It's all in my mustache, and I'm just loving. <laughs> Mm, oyster, sal- mm, mm, just oyster oh. salad, all in this, and that's that's credit to you, because you really sold me on it. So let me just go over this. I'm gonna take a piece of paper, right here, right, and I'm gonna take a pen.
4: Bachelor Be- number two, are you trying to sell me a timeshare?
1: No, no. <laughs> timeshares are for uh, chumps. Okay, so there's, there's 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 really a lot more here that I think that you're not you're missing. Why don't you talk to bachelor number three, come back, and then I will show you exactly what I'm talking about.
3: That was mighty uncomfortable. (sighs) Bachelor
4: number three.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If we were to Ah! go on vacation. Oh, sorry. Winston. Sit down. Come here, Winston. Sit on my finger. Yeah, go ahead.
4: (laughs) If you and I were to go on a vacation alone, Mm. what's the first thing we would do?
3: Well, I was thinking a tree house would be really nice, you know, like a, a nice home built up in a tree, but I, I gotta say it really can't be alone. Winston's gotta come. But Winston's feathers, if you just spread his feathers like this, you kind of like fan them out. Fuck me. Like you just like sh- like hold him up to the sun and it's the most radiant f-ing shine you've ever seen emanating <laughs> off of his body. And if you come to the top of that tree with me, where the light's really good, you'll see it, and it will be life changing for you. And then maybe he can sit on your face after something
0: like <laughs> All that. All right, highly recommend. Thank it. you, bachelors, bachelorette. Which of our eligible bachelors would you like to go on a date with, and why? Before you do that, can I
1: can I just share with you real quick? Sure, certainly. Contestant number two. So, check this out. Okay, so see, this is you, right? (laughs) Then... For for those of us listening,
0: our contestant number two has drawn a diagram of a...
1: (laughs) This is you selling sea monkeys, right? It's a pyramid scheme for sea monkeys. Then, the thing is, is that... It's really all about the more that you dump, sell, right? then there's me, right? And this arrow <laughs> indicates the positive flow of the cash going up, right? So the more that you make, then, a
2: triangle. then the it's thing is that,
1: that you become my spot and then I become your spot. <laughs> Again, consider the ocean scenario. The waves, oh. the salt spray, the sea monkeys. I think
2: everyone would buy into this.
1: This is uh, this yeah, is perfect.
2: I, I I think I could actually. I'll, I'm in. See, I'm in. Whatever you need from me, I'm. I'll do it. I,
1: yep, I'm actually going to take credit for that sale, uh, Bachelorette. But I can teach you how to get your next one.
0: That's that's fine. That's fine. Sounds like an intriguing opportunity, Bachelorette. Tell us which one of our bachelors would you like to uh, spend more time with.
4: Well, my my cats really love birds, though maybe not in the same way as Bachelor number three. <laughs> However, I think Bachelors one and two seem more interested in each other. So, Bachelor number three.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, Winston's Bachelor so number three. What's this going to sit on your face? What do you think we all do? Oh my goodness.
6: Yes. Y'all, I am dead. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
6: Kevin Kevin is yes, sir. a prepper who has a uh, septic backup in his bunker.
2: Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> right. John. Uh, he's actually the, a, normal the actual person, description, yeah. a normal person, but you live underground in a cave and has a and have a plumbing issue. <laughs> oh, and you no. smell like a septic tank Protect the pressure
6: Oh no uh john is uh he's a multi-level marketer (laughs) selling sea monkeys (laughs) that's exactly what (laughs)
2: that that diagram the diagram sold it it was so good that was really good
6: and kelly has a erotic relationship with his bird accurate Yes. <laughs> it's just, that's actually nothing
2: to do with. It's nothing to do with Will
5: Kelly.'
6: We're just, just Kelly
1: Kelly. <laughs> oh my God! For the record, I said
0: you are an avid falconer who is secretly in love with your falcon. <laughs> I didn't want to open Winston. up the relationship the Falcon did, Winston. but you're welcome to
3: come in. <laughs>
1: I want to keep him happy yeah that's, that's, why you, that's why
2: you broke up with dice cam
1: and that is yeah. our yeah yeah that's why you're not with Dice cam is because you're with just shook his head like no 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 oh, <laughs> amazing ah improv it's the stuff of life let's jump into the reason that we're here plot armor part 2 our dose part two for book what a wild time again we're gonna get into an overview walking through the whole book from episode 29 to episode 69 there will be spoilers
2: so that's something to keep in mind again there will be spoilers there will be spoilers thank you for listening to our show but if you're gonna listen to our show from the beginning you probably should start there not here
1: not yeah you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna Using my improv skills, I'm going to throw the keys over to whoever wants to start talking about what happened right in episode 29. Oh, Kelly, you got a
3: question? Oh, I wanted to say, uh, if it's not clear like this, if you do, we do recommend that you start from the beginning. But if you do want to start from book three, this is one way of encapsulating what we've done. So if you are starting late, this is your you know, quick summary of what's happened, you know?
2: Uh, yep, and I think we should fun. start actually with a, yeah. not too a brief rundown of book one, just right. super quick rundown. Yeah. Um, four of us met on a, uh, docking bay to board the chimera, which was a ship from Liberty station to Absalon station. And once we were on board, weird things started to happen. There was some weird stuff with, tr- what goblins found things that we found, Goblins were looking for another starship that was embedded into the Chimera. Um, I'm trying to think of all the stuff that happened that was just crazy. There was a a, a relic on, supposedly a relic so, on board that wasn't actually a relic.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. Somebody, as soon as they take off, uh, then there is a case, a missing persons case on board. And well, naturally, that's right. our four adventurers were kind enough to investigate and as a result, all these other mysteries and strange occurrences and events, eerie things start to happen, including
2: shapeshifters,
1: shapeshifters. There's a, there's a hostile takeover of the ship by From pirates, by pirates, also by, remember, Jin Chiruga, who is the super intense beast who can eat your soul. It's pretty cool. Wish that would have happened. And then at the end, what happens at the end?
2: Well, there's the biggest thing was one of the bigger things was that the shapeshifters actually took over the captain. And at one point there, we found the captain's body, but we had just interacted with the captain. So we know that there was the captain's actually a shapeshifter. And then people just started dropping dead in the middle of this, like, hostile takeover. So we ran for the escape pods. There are explosions.
1: The ship is like, warning, you must evacuate immediately before the ship blows up.
2: Yep and that's where we as our escape pods are leaving the ship that's kind of where we take off here that was the end of book 2 was the pods are leaving the ship and we realize the ship's kind of like suspended in this room almost like a studio where the ship's like held up on like hydraulics essentially and it was all some kind of we are in
0: the um, star tours
2: star tours yeah (laughs) the little droid is like thank you for coming. Ha ha ha.
0: If you want to know
3: more, listen to plot armor part one. So if you're starting later, do part one and then this part two, and then you can start. Yeah. Part so three. But it's always super quick. Now. The beginning. Yeah. yeah,
5: Yeah.
2: Skipped yeah. a bunch, skipped a bunch, but that's where book two picks up.
1: And now book two, and now, and now book two, book two, you're ejected out of the chimera in these escape pods you have no control over where they're going after what feels like a undeterminable amount of time you arrive docked somewhere and you are in this weird room that seems like it is sterile and clean and metal panels along the walls rocky ceiling Does anybody want to take it from there? Should I keep
2: going? Uh, I'm actually curious. I want to point out, um, Vinny, you know, again, joined the show on episode, what was it, 65? No, 62.
1: 62? Yeah.
2: Sorry, I'm terrible. My memory sucks. Um, But thank you again for joining the show. We're really glad to have you. Vinny was not a part of any of this starting off. Um, So, Vinny, I'd really like to have your perspective as a listener um, for a lot of this. So... um, But okay, we can roll back into it. We left those escape pods into that room, and the room had symbols on the no, no doors. It didn't even appear to be a door, right?
1: No, there were doors, but there was a symbol that was like flashing on it because it seemed like it was malfunctioning.
2: And so Mm. Dr. OK, Nico were trying to hack it and figure it out. Uh, Meanwhile, Rick was trying to, he realized like this is all some kind of. I don't know, simulation or show or something. So he was actually trying to get back out the escape pod, um, and he ended up throwing a grenade out and causing a lot of trouble there. So um,
6: yeah, I, to to refresh my memory because I I went back and started listening at twenty nine this morning, um, but I didn't listen to the end of twenty eight. Like, as the escape pods are leaving, is the ship still intact or do I I seem to remember it like
1: blowing up. So you should definitely go back and listen to the end of 28. I think that's a really key moment to understand more of what happened. But as you are leaving the escape pod, the ship is blowing up. And it's actually one of the final huge explosions that you feel right before you kind of rocket off into darkness. So to your best bet, the Chimera is no more.
2: Cool. But we also saw that part of the room was crumbling as well, right?
1: Yeah. So that's the thing is that even when you get out in this new room, there's all this shaking. Uh, there's all this this uh, tremors. It seems like the place that you're in, and this comes up again and again, even as we go through, there's a lot of instability. It seems like at any point, this place could be possibly uh, going to – something's going to happen. And at this point, you have no idea what that is.
6: Right. Well like as as a listener, I think it, it was really uh, a neat way to create some unsettling in the story. Like it, we I in particular felt just as off kilter as I imagine you guys did as
2: Oh, I was gonna say it was definitely awesome. unsettling for us as players.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So you you're in that room. I'm gonna keep going because and then if you have questions or things you wanna talk about. You know, we can we can stop. But you fight some 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 like flying saucer robots that are that you identify as security robots that come through this iris door in the ceiling. And those are pretty easy to take down. You're able to get out of there into this next room. And this next room is weird because you realize that there are all these fans on the sides of the room, these giant fans. And then there are nozzles at the top of the room. And you realize that this is some sort of sanitation room. So it seems like whatever comes out of the room that you were just in into this room always needs to be sanitized. And you're able to actually, if I remember right, you're able to uh, identify that and turn off the whole program before it even happens.
2: I believe Nico actually like used his sword to cut through the, the fan blades and actually turn those off from that perspective. But there was also like the spray or something that I believe here's is able to happen.
1: Yeah, here's and Dr. Off. Okay, I think, between the panel on one wall and panel on the other, because I think you also realized that the doors were going to shut at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it it's, it's meant to keep you in there. Yeah.
6: Yep. Is, is, is there any information on what is supposed to come through this room, or is it too, too revelatory?
1: I wouldn't say it's too revelatory. I think it, it just, it seems like the escape pods leave the chimera they come to this clearly designed place for these escape pods to come into and then everything that leaves those escape pods comes into the sanitation room
2: Mm. yeah i'm still convinced that like the the escape pods are just on a cable yep they slide down right into the spots where they're supposed to because they like all evenly fit side by side and so they weren't like jettisoned they were just like they weren't
0: uh spacex yeah I feel like we'll,
3: you'll see why as we like talk about it more that this is, it seems to me, kind of like just a, a board game that we're walking through. And I think it's a
0: watching. proving ground for a facility yeah. in which they harvest, uh, like... The brains? The, no, they- the abilities and the, um, like, they take people, specimens, and they attempt to engineer new things from them, like, are in later episodes are a keshti friend and uh
2: well we haven't even gotten there yet yeah no i don't want to look just this is all it's all tied together right
0: like all of it's evidentiary and so the sanitation protocol would be like now we have to make sure that we don't contaminate all of our other specimens Yep. weird
3: i could see that like the convenient placement of enemies and and room environments and stuff but yeah go ahead uh Let's continue, I
1: guess. Well, so from there is is when you, you get into this capital they, right? Because this third yeah. room you go into is this computer hub area with uh, doors on either side. And that's where you see, for the first time, confirmed these uh, other creatures, the only other creatures that you've seen since being on the Chimera. And they are dead greys.
2: And, grays- and all the computers were actually like smaller you know because greys are a small creature so like all the computers were smaller than you know medium size Um,
1: and when we say grey too I mean grey is like if you think of a stereotypical small grey petite alien in pop culture here I mean in the packed worlds greys I think inhabit a lot of the same space in our culture where it's kind of like emphasis
2: on space
1: uh there's there's uh, sure right it's like you live in in a world where gods exist plural where there are alien races so the idea of having greys is maybe less out outlandish right than it would be in our society personally but in the packed worlds this idea of greys who like uh, abduct, manipulate i mean to the to the common person just living their life on Absalom Station or on Castroville or wherever, that, that, that's that's not really going to impact them. That's a, it's a bit of like, a, it's a bit of conspiracy. Right? And Again, so for the, the first, Starfinder world It, it happens on
0: the outer rim.
1: Yeah, that's, that's never going to come evolved. here. So for you to walk in and there are three of them dead with holes blown in the back of their head, you're like what?
2: It's crazy. Yeah. But about that same time John drops the first flashback. Oh, uh, yes. So the flashback was Marcus, the Australian. No, uh, uh,
1: he's it's English. He's English.
2: Same thing. Um, <laughs> then there was a Sheeran wow. and potentially, possibly Captain Ramim sitting down at a table in a dining area on the Suggesta. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. talking is a,
2: a Starliner in the Drift. And they're talking. Um, seems like some tense negotiations,
1: a little bit of a
0: I have a theory about these flashbacks, but i don 't know if I should save it
2: I think you should yeah note it, note it for the very end let's once we get through all the flashbacks. I was going to ask for John to like just go over all the flashbacks kind of in series, but the
1: biggest thing about this flashback is that you start out in one of the fancy conference rooms on the suggestion so he
2: confirms it 's a flashback.
1: I like, I. You said it, and I'm going along with your language. Oh, I don't think okay. it's a flashback. So, well, it
0: kind of is, but it's not the or it's not like our flashback, right?
1: It is during this time that both uh, uh, Marcus and the Sheeran, right, uh, are called away because there's some sort of a food fight in the dining hall. And as they go in, it seems like the food fight is between both of their children.
2: Yeah, Mar- Marcus's two boys. And, and the Sheeran's boy. Shirin. Yeah. And
1: it's at that time that we kind of pan over to the Sheeran being put to bed by uh, their mother. And it's at that time that... Sharon can't sleep. He's looking out, trying to count the colors in the drift as the Sugesta is cruising through the drift. And it's around that time that, as soon as their mother leaves, and their mother acting a little weird, but maybe it's just the negotiations. Sharon's trying to get to sleep. The young Sharon boy is just thinking, I want to go to sleep. Wish I could stay up. And then in the closet, there are these dark eyes that are reflecting the colors of the drift, and the Sharon hears a voice in their head saying that they can't go to sleep, and then it's just like black. Odd, very odd.
2: So we now know that was a gray, probably a gray in the closet. It was oh, looking that's out where grays like to stay,
3: and it saw we saw all the reflective black eyes of this creature as well, right in that quote-unquote flashback. Yeah. Yeah, creepiest moment for me was that moment for sure.
2: Yeah, I know, there was a whole debate about like, can can I, black eyes be seen in the darkness? Yeah, well, they're but glossy <laughs> enough. Maybe. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah they're glossy because like the light of the
1: the drift freaking is bouncing crazy. off of them. Anyway, so so that's that first flashback. Flashback, as Kev calls it. Bam! Flashback. Yes. Flashback, yeah, flashback, flashback. Flashback. So. You guys then start to coming back to the computer hub that you're in. You start to explore the rooms. You go to the southern door, and from there, there's a little corridor. Seems like again, this area is very technical space. This is when you start to see that there's a lot of diagrams and drawings on the wall that would indicate the way that pipes are run. It seems like just the overall design of the place is very technical, <laughs> like a lab. And it's you're, it's confirmed when you go into this this first room. Where you find a couple of things you you fight this weird experimental troll polyp blob and which will give some context to what's going on in the future so yeah before we get to
6: that yeah um, there was some hacking going on ah good point there was some hacking um, and I distinctly remember. Like there was a moment when Nico was like trying to hack into one particular module. Rolls a twenty. Everyone helps him, and still, like it's the old Picard quote: "You, you can do everything right and still fail." Yeah, like that. Yep. That as a listener was like, "Oh, we're in the big leagues now."
2: Which we pulled those modules right. We pulled two or three of them. Yeah, yeah we out did. of the four.
6: Yeah,
3: we pulled two successfully. I think in there. Time.
1: There, yeah, there were four. And I think they were the one that one you was failed, destroyed. Yeah, one that that yeah. one that you failed was destroyed. The other three you were able to pull, and I think they they were bricked. But you could like re you could, them, do we rework still have them those? later. I think you do. Yeah, so and, we should
2: revisit that in book three. Uh, yeah, now yeah, that we have Rick-
1: uh, maybe some.
0: Well, we'll get to that, but we're out. We're outside of this facility. Maybe we can get more detail Are we though? Ooh, God. I hope Good so. At least we're
3: outside dunk, of dunk, one facility, dunk. inside of the other facility. Who knows? Facility section, Yeah. Facility section. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yep. so
1: before we get there, uh, so you're in this lab. You find this. You fight this. This weird, gooey, gross experimental troll polyp thing. You,
2: you call it a polyp, which then secures the fact that it it was related to the final boss.
1: It was exactly the same thing that you then saw in that fight. But we'll get there. So, yeah. uh, so. You're going through. Don't forget that you also found these like big glass uh, containers that were broken, right? And they and they had this weird goo in them. And one of them They're had like the vets, face. Right? Yeah, and one of them had a face that you thought looked like Crush Kasbah, the uh, the the shock radio broadcaster. And it was about a idea. little like yeah, that was weird. Then you also find a pretty cool weapon. The living transmutation matrix, which allows it, it is a weapon that can change from one specific type of weapon to another type of weapon as long as you imprint blueprints into the weapon. Pretty cool.
6: Which, which was reflected in the data modules.
1: Yep. Yep. So that was the key. And, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up because those data modules kind of gave you a little bit of a preview of what was going to be in the rooms. And then it seems like, oh, okay, this is a central hub for some sort of experiments that are going on in all of these rooms. And one other thing I'll note is that I remember, I think it was Nico who was first interacting with the computer. And that's when you realize that there's this whole telepathic element to interfacing with the computers that these grays have. So it's a level of sophistication and technology One, reinforced by the intensity, by the high DC to get into this module. And then two, reinforced by the fact that this is like nothing you've seen before. Again, you know about telepathy, but the idea that you have to use telepathy in order to access all of your computers instead of manually in an analog way doing it is certainly uh, new. Yeah, And
2: two things about that was I found the notes. um, We had a total of 37 for that hack. And we still failed by more than five which allowed the module to be really, really erased um the other thing is that nico is actually having a really hard time, almost like a transition of his own when that happened it was reaching into his mind and he was like connecting with these computers in a way that that
5: awakened didn't make something. sense yeah, yeah he was yeah.
2: he was changing yeah it was certainly a trying time i think
1: For everybody, I I remember, Rick, you were not as interested in the computers. I know Dr. K and Hears were, you were helping, you were very involved. And so it it started to really bring out some dynamics to the party that maybe weren't there before or were changing. After going through one intense scenario, now you're in a place where you can't relax. You're in a place where you really have to kind of fight for your life in a lot of this. That was a big difference
3: between book one and two, was like book two was constantly pretty much combat and like crazy situations where book one, we had a lot more freedom to kind of take a break, go around, interview people. It's totally different. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think there's a, there's a little difference. The I think one of the bigger differences between book one and book two is book one had like this invisible timeline because yeah. it was like things were happening, but we didn't know it. Where book two was like, we know we're going to explode at some point and mm-hmm. we can't take a break. We got to just get out of here.
3: Yeah. And then we debated, like, should we sleep? Should we not sleep? You know, for yeah. that reason. Yeah. We and gambled on sleeping, which I think ended up being good because we would have
1: been, we would have died yeah, <laughs> probably and, otherwise. And we'll get to that because I, I think, I think you, you, you rested very soon after this first uh, experimental lab yeah. because you go into the next room over and that's where you've seen to date the only living gray that you've seen. And it's in this room that the gray is at a console. Very arrogant. Immediately is questioning why these subjects are in their space. You looking around, you realize that there are brains connected into the ceiling. And you think there's a lot of data visually moving around these brains, moving across uh, the whole room, moving into the center console. And you think... This is something that's uh, it seems like maybe it's collecting a lot of the data for what's happening in these other rooms and the gray, who I think you found out their name because Nico
2: Nico heard it in his head,
1: yeah. Nico got the name XTomi in their head, and so you're thinking, What is going on here? when XTomi is basically saying, Why don't uh, i don't know why you're here but why don't you just go ahead and 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 join me and let me take your brain and you can be used for <laughs> so much more than your physical bodies would ever allow you to do he, he, he really he kept calling
2: us subjects he was yeah.
3: like yeah he yeah he seemed so convinced that we would buy it, that we would totally want to do that it's kind of like you and your like intro improv with your pyramid scheme <laughs> as if we as if
1: we would offer up our brains to become part subjects of yeah, yeah exactly Benny, you raise
6: your hand uh no I was gonna uh like that the moment he made the offer um just like was role played so well like, it was a it was a foregone conclusion <laughs> why would they ever not offer their brain up to advance <laughs> the Grey's cause but also like zero context for what was going to happen so it was it was really interesting to see that crossroads and and how the characters stood through it
1: yeah I, I think he also had a bit of a short fuse I think, I think you guys were, I think Dr. K was, like, going across the room, right? Like, Dr. K, like, successfully snuck across the room because you were trying to go to the console. And then, I, I know, Kevin was trying to, to walk across the room, and then, like, Nico was stalling, and Kev was stalling. And it was a pretty short fuse until uh, Xtomi was like, I'm just, I don't have time for this. Well, did Xtomi know that this
3: place was about to blow up? I feel like he wouldn't be so calm and... You know what I mean? Like, he has this huge experimental was database like of
0: brains. He must have enamored by his research to the point where he ignored all other uh, warnings within the facility.
1: Definitely. I mean, I think... Or was it not blowing up at that time? Well... Without uh, Again, and we can talk a little bit about all of Plot Armor in general. Most of my questions will not be direct answers because obviously there are things that I don't... (laughs) For for you as a player and as a listener, I don't want to totally reveal everything unless I'm just like, it doesn't matter at all. Which unfortunately for me, the way I DM, most things matter in some way. So I won't ever like totally do it, but I will say it seems like it makes sense that Xtomi didn't really care. The other greys seemed like they were dead, but Xtomi wasn't. So no one was like, hey, Xtomi, stop drinking your coffee. There's something going on. So maybe Xtomi felt the vibrations. Maybe heard something, right? Was like aware, but like the data foundry didn't stop working. Things are working. Yeah, Yeah, still got a job to do. Still still enjoying using these brains.
2: The alarms are going off.
6: Yeah. He was a slave to the prime directive. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. hey Hey yo, and then Xdiomi unfortunately had some. I will say Xdiomi had some cool spells that I think were in, in rounds one and two. I was having you guys like make the rolls for it, but you guys passed because 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 you're capable adventurers and capable heroes, and you pass. So unfortunately, it wasn't as cool for me, but it was still an awesome battle. I thought because you're fighting a gray again, literally in like game time, probably maybe all of, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes ago, you see dead greys, and then half an hour later, you're like, I'm talking to a grey who like, wants to take my brain. Like, well, the, that would be like me walking out of this room right now and seeing dead greys like in my apartment and then walking upstairs and talking to a grey. I'd be like,
2: what the hell? <laughs> yeah, like they don't they they don't like they exist in the game, but like, they don't exist. People don't realize these things are real. They think it's all some kind of Like they think it's children, children, stories or weird, crazy science that nobody understands.
1: I think it's interesting just as a side note that this idea that it doesn't matter how advanced or where you are as a civilization or as a society, society, there are still things that are accepted as normal and there are things that are not normal. So it doesn't matter how advanced you are. There are still things that you will be like, that's not going to happen. There's no way. There's no way it's gonna happen, right? So we start going from there, you finish the fight, you're like, you know what? Let's go into the next room and keep going. <laughs> and I'll let Kev in one minute tell me why that was his favorite part of book two.
2: Oh my god, I hated it. That that I don't even remember like the roles on it, but like it, it was a gray bounder. Um, and a gray bounder is a feral gray that we learned about. Um it is it was a Ravage Wild Dog version of Greys that had an uncanny ability to strike us and um, could not be hit at all. Uh, so we very quickly decided to retreat because Rick was almost killed and I think somebody else got knocked down pretty hard. So we backed out and decided to go find another route. Um, and the other route we ran into a, a feral ooze.
1: You, you ran into a ferromagnetic ooze.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fer- Ferro, Ferro. fluid ooze. Ferro, not ferrol Yeah. Ferro. Not, yeah.
1: Not feral. Uh, and you fight that. Derived from Ferris. Yes.
2: Uh, yes. The god of iron. The creator the god of the wheel. Of, iron. Also known as Iron Man. So also, here's Also,
0: a Ferris wheel is uh, an arrangement of um, eight Ferris atoms. So
1: oh,
4: this is good cool. to know. Oh, I did not know that. That's um, good to know. That's awesome.
1: Uh, One thing that I want to add. You go then into this room where immediately, as soon as you cross the threshold into the room, you get this sense of fear and despair and dread in your entire being. And it's at that point that you're attacked by, what is this, Bolita. It's like an insectoid. And you think that that they are probably under the influence of this fear. So I forget who it was. Somebody found out that there's this, like that there are probably loudspeakers. I think it was, it was, it was either Dr. K or hears who crossed to the other side of the room or, uh,
2: I think it was Rick. Actually, Rick walked in with his hands up trying to, cause he realized there was something going on with this Belita that was not normal. Yeah. And he was trying to convince the Belita, like, Hey, don't attack us. And that's when he noticed the, the speakers in the room and made that connection of this. This is some kind of, sonic vibration that's causing fear yeah so we all took turns taking out the speakers and we tried not to fight the Bolita but as soon as that sound stopped the Bolita perished
1: falls to the ground and then dies in Rick's arms
2: I think yeah Rick had a really hard time with that because like it was the first time like we, we knew that the Bolita was not a, a hostile it was forced into that but at the same time it was the first non quote unquote combatant that we met off of the chimera is the first time we didn't run into something that was trying to kill us in these rooms at least openly yep and he realized that that, that Belita was just a victim much like we are yep At that in that case yep
1: you leave that room a tragic episode you leave that room go into the last room that you know is there before you think you have to go back to the room with the grey bounder and you're in this room that was clearly evacuated there's almost nothing in this room Uh, Except for this giant set of ice that is filling up this huge notch crack in the wall and the ceiling. And I think it was there that you also felt a sense of like, that's when you put two and two together that you had a module about an experimental weapons lab. You had a module about this fear frequency. And then you had a module about this some sort of like, uh, like, like messing with biology. And you got this sense that there was like demonic things going on there. There was a lot of like horrible things that have been happening in that room, but there's nothing else in the room. Are we allowed can to you, now know what that ice is, or is this? Yeah, tell be us. A, can you tell us more about
2: that, or are you going to try to keep this a secret?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. So, I mean, if you think about it. That ice seemed like it was some sort of emergency sealant. I think if you had oh, yeah. like gone through it,
2: I think we figured that out at the time. Yeah. Right?
1: So it seems so again, when you're thinking about now, what you know now about like the, the bombardment on this place, uh, on Omicron, then it, you think that maybe that affected that room. Things were then pulled out of the room, sucked out, and then that sealant held everything up. The supernatural evil from this extra planar magic is what you think maybe there was something going on here and I think it was that was when you were thinking that uh that what I'll tell you is that it it seems like maybe this had something to do with this creation of this this troll and some other things that were going on with it so maybe uh, that magic and that work was starting in this room okay yeah interesting yeah
2: but was there anything we could have done in that room that would have activated something or like we talked about like thawing the ice like <laughs> you, you could
1: have thawed the ice and I'll I, the room would have depressurized and
2: okay and
1: <laughs> there would have been a lot of reflex saves which are that like I'm prepared for if you guys wanted to do that uh, to be sucked into the crack but other,
2: than that, other than that it was just it was more of a clue room like that room was just there to, to deliver information to us yep
6: mm. interesting yeah so i feel like the because if you think about the chimera like as an object it's a it's a collection of other animals and using all of their best attributes to make a new thing right so you know we, we've seen in the astrozoa where they took the or worse i'm assuming anyway uh they took the shape changing uh, aspects and made the transmutation matrix um, mm. They've somehow created sound to make fear, uh, which we'll talk about, I guess, later in their telepathic alarms. But like, what what were they? What did they need from the Bolita? I think that's that's the part that I missed.
2: Kind of just testing the fear on it. Yeah, they're I testing the fear, for the fear. She was just a test subject. Okay. Poor guy. Just But so s- the Chimera is, is the ship that we were on, mm-hmm. and yeah, the Chimera had eaten the uh, Dreamliner, Dream. Dreamcast, Star, st- star Dream, <laughs> the,
1: the Star, the Star Dream Two,
2: Dreamcast. Star Dream Two. Um, so we know that like the Chimera was also this, you know, am- amalgam amalgamation of different ships. Um, right. So yeah, one of the things I had in in the notes was that the the Gray didn't seem interested in what was going on 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 the Chimera. He didn't care that we came from the Chimera. He was just like, "You're two others test subjects. Welcome. I'm going to turn your brains into." Hard drops. That was like, it was like his world was just that room. So it was almost like we're on a lab of some sort and the Chimera was just one other project going on. And we run into that a little bit later with the monitor. So we'll we'll come back to that.
1: So you leave, you're like, there's no other place to go. We have to fight this Grey Bounder. That was a very tough fight. Probably one of the first ones that, even on the Chimera, there were some, let's call them tough fights for like levels one through three. Right. But that I think was the first one where. You really you were fighting against yeah, book, something. That... Book
2: two really ramped up hard. Yeah, and I know I I rant and rave about it and I complain a lot, but I I really do love Starfinder, and I just I do think there was just like a huge leap in difficulty from book one to book two, that was unsurprising or was very surprising. <laughs> <proper talking laughs> it was right. unsurprising. It was not surprising. I wasn't surprised at all. Um, yeah,
1: I, I and and we've talked about this before. You know the way that st- enemies in Starfinder are are typically going to hit more. And typically have like one or two things that they're really good at. And it just depends on where you're at and your composition as a party as to whether that is very tough for you or whether that is very easy for you. I mean, in D&D, there's a lot of the same things too, but book two definitely has a little bit more of like a dungeon crawl feel where it's room by room and you're fighting in these confined spaces and you're trying to figure things out and there's all this, there's this environmental hazards going on and there are other people. It's like, so, you know, you knew that there were going to be some tricky things, especially when you think that book one, on the face of it, didn't have as many encounters as a whole right it had as many encounters as there were in this first part of book two anything else about the gray bounder that you want to rant about kiff now that you've had some time to cool um, off
2: no that was just a, i think that that fight really caught me off guard i think caught all of us off guard because we didn't realize it had the ability to phase and it phased into the room we we're like oh shut the door and it'll protect us but yeah. then it just crawled through the door and ended up right in between the all second of us time and, yeah Yeah, OP Um, creature,
5: very OP. And then I,
2: I had one of those those uh, ultra fails, a critical fail where I threw my axe behind me, and luckily Doctor Ok was able to hand it back to me. Thanks.
1: Yeah, 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 that was great. So that's classic. Can
6: can we talk about the moment it came through the door for a minute? Sure. I feel like in book one, even though there were moments of peril, there was always like, oh, we can just go back to our stateroom and rest. Like there was there was always a home base to feel safe in and like that was the moment where the entire party was like okay cool there's four inches of steel between us and whatever this is so we have a moment to breathe and to plan and do what we need to and then it's you know <laughs> here's johnny
2: yeah. yeah and it was it was a uh, a fake comfort because like we did that earlier where we we left and we retreated and we stayed right in that next room and we rested for a full eight hours yeah and that gray boundary never came through those doors even though it could have but we were we had a false sense of security after that, we're like, oh, we're safe. And so when when that thing came through the door after that, we were we were completely shocked. And it was just like, oh, the matter chose not to come through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't wasn't like it couldn't. It just didn't want to. Yep.
6: Yeah. It it really cemented the idea that nowhere is safe on this
1: thing. Yeah. And which is, I think, another juxtaposition to book one, which just as you said, Benny, at any point you're like, all right, and I go back and and rest and do whatever. And then it really is like, as soon as you leave the chimera everything then, like your whole notion of what just happened is like, wait a minute, now I'm questioning everything and I wasn't questioning anything up until that point. And then now that you're here, you're like, great, it's fine. And again, this book just really drives home this paranoia. Anyway, we'll come to it again. So you uh, you finish that fight, then you go and start exploring more labs. You're in this giant space where there's a vending machine uh, that is lit up and that that is has all these cola flavors that you know rick has this weird supernatural or not supernatural just just this weird experience with the vending machine it seems to recall something for uh him and you fight a little plush toy this this room was weird because there was less of these like sinister experiments of like fear and 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 captivity and it seemed like there were all these bobs and bibs and weird little like Trinkets and tchotchkes and there was on Vinny the floor. There's a
2: vending machine with shastas in it.
1: Y- yeah, with with uh, with like cola and on Fantas. it. Yeah. yeah, well, with Fantas, Fanta, Fanta and uh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 a and a pretty Fanta? a pretty it? well known. Well, there, <laughs> I I think that was part of it is that there was only purple Fanta, which is the least best f- Fanta. Uh, no. And then you fight this this little uh, oh, plush shank. Sheeran toy. Whatever. The Orange to Get out of here. We should talk about that later. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Fusion Fizz. Yeah, a whole fizz. other episode. Yeah. Uh, Plot War, part two. Part 2. Uh, so... <laughs> Long live Slice. Long live Slice. At this point, I think you guys had just rested. Also, thank you for a shout-out to Slice. Dude, can we get sponsored by Slice? Of all things to be oh, sponsored man. by, oh, that would be, be so cool. Anyway, so at this point, it's when you guys are resting. You're like, okay, alright, right. you know what? We should get going. You mm-hmm. skip one room that you look in and you think doesn't seem like there's anything in here. There's
2: because we we learned there were two. Each room was marked with telepathically with a creature. Right? Yeah, one was the Oma, which is like a whale type character or a koi, a giant koi.
1: Yeah, one well, yeah, like a giant space whale, right?
2: And the other one was called a Kyokor. Sorry, a Kyokor, which is a giant.
1: And by giant, I mean like gargantuan. It is essentially a like, Godzilla like creature. Destroyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, we chose not to go in that room cause fuck that.
1: <laughs> and then you go into the room with the Oma and that's when you meet this weird little creature. That's it's like a,
2: okay. So wait, 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 <laughs> back, back up. Just, just, just wait, slow down. Um, can you tell us what was in the other room or are you holding out on us? The uh, one.
1: I thought that you looked in the room.
2: Okay. I, I don't even know if we opened the door. I think we like glanced through the window, but that's like, what-,
1: what I'm saying is that I, I, I thought you glanced through the window and you saw that there were like some security robots in there
2: and so we would have fought the security robots and that was the end of it like what there was nothing special in there that we could have found I'm not gonna say it.
1: if there's oh anything God, special God. that you should have found and you didn't then it will either come you up you should tell us it, in this episode if that's won't. the whole point of play. Yeah, or
0: like it was a clue that we'll stumble across later on. like this is exactly. my whole thing with what's your what's your whole thing Well, not to get on a soapbox but i mean i like the story as the story and i don't need to you know i mean, I do too but i just i want to know what if possibilities because
2: i just want to know mechanically
0: that is
3: part of the future story if it's not part of the future story then yeah i want to know but maybe not then yeah i'll tell you i'll understand i respect if you don't want to say it but yeah
1: when you were saying before that you got this idea suddenly that you're like oh the chimera and everything that happened in that giant room was one thing seems like there are other things going on here you might have found some some stuff in there that would hint at other technology and things that the greys are dabbling in working in working on makes sense okay yeah
2: i i'll I'll take that answer so cuz now we can roll into the amber room we go into the amber room and we we come across a monitor which is it's two rings and the rings kind of turn into a robot. It's like a ring pyramid. Um, yeah. Pyramid scheme. Tried pyramid rings.
1: Pyramid scheme basically um, is determined to get you as test users to try out these experiments.
2: And it knew there were four of us. And I, so that's a question I do have. And hopefully you can answer is like, did it already know that there, there were four of us? Cause it was already chosen like which four or was it just whoever came into that room? The monitor would have chosen
1: It seems like the Monitor's prime directive was to have these experiments figured out. Yeah, ready for whoever came in.
2: Okay, okay. So it wasn't specifically for Dr. Okay, Nico, here's, and Rick.
1: Right. And what was weird, though, was again some of the experiments were they they all had a good thing and they all had a bad thing some of the oh, one yeah. was like a cred stick but then also like implanted something in your uh arm and then would like dissolve and burn you but then and then there was the glasses that like would allow you to you know the with the dimension yeah would like allow you to look into the fifth dimension but then also made you nauseous and then dr okay was able to uh I, who didn't want to take it Rick. Rick. Rick didn't want to take it. I think it was Doctor K was able to successfully kind of yeah. like confuse the monitor a little bit and be With like the help of uh, here's yeah, telepathically yeah, That's right.
0: Interfacing. And, yes. Uh, basically, I I imagine that we ddosed its sort of decision making. <laughs> yes. And then um, allowed it Rerouted to it, yeah. yeah to just yeah. overflow onto another subject.
1: Yeah and rule out the other subject and then and,
2: and so you got two of those well he the second one he didn't do he did, oh, that's right he like side swash oh yeah just you were just to take
1: the like of the, the that was smart that was
2: smart slight slight of tendrils yeah uh and then that was it
1: so you all have these weird conditions that i think were interesting and in that they're small things they don't always help you out they don't always hurt you but in the right situation they would, right? You would either get nauseous or you would fail like a certain check or you would have a, a penalty or a bonus to a certain check. And I, I I think they really didn't come up until the very end when you were reliving that memory. But I don't think there was ever a situation where anybody did anything and like used that.
2: Uh, I think the only one I remember was, was, uh, here's, here's is, thing Was like if he failed to roll yeah. a natural one, then he would be teleported 15 feet or something. It was is like that in right? a random
3: direction, yeah. You go through the fail the other dimension back into this one, yeah. That, never that happened, actually though. never
2: came up, yeah, not yet.
3: And was it until the end of this book, or is that ad
1: infinitum? <laughs> is that forever? Like, these, like, you events? can
2: answer that. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I know there actually was
1: something, so. I think, yeah. I think it, it was kind of for the rest of this book is okay. is, is the intention. So this no longer yeah. applies. These uh, they, yeah, these they, it had a certain thing. You know, it, it had yeah. a certain timeline in gotcha. it. Uh, but I think it was like Doctor K who who saw that there were nanites in the in the in the paste, uh, yeah, and then that the, would like, uh, dentine, whatever. Yeah, and it like that lasted for only an hour, right? Which is why nothing ever came from it. Um, so I thought you know
0: it lasted for the book too
1: that was, was the other one that you took which was yeah. the that was the can no, and no, no,
0: that no. one oh really yeah um oh, the can so i've been having high charisma and i had all this logic for when i fail i think like a uh, fortitude or
1: something yeah so if you fail a will save then a will save yeah We'll yeah, that. you. We'll it. you would have that penalty. I we probably missed it because there was also the one where if you missed an attack. Although this was the one that you didn't actually take, and yeah, the penalty was that if you that missed one. an attack, you would have a minus one penalty to so attack rolls, perception checks, and right. anything that takes more than a standard action to complete, which right. is pretty wild. That's but you a didn't take horrible it. Horrible one. Yeah, and I'm glad I didn't take it. Also, yeah, I'm
2: glad I didn't take it. either. I'm, yeah,
1: I'm glad that you didn't take it, and. uh but, again, I, I think we forgot about it because that's how games are and you forget about things. Yeah. But
6: Would have hampered your murder in a bit, huh?
3: I, I, just a little. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> I just uh, wish that I kept the goggles. That's the only regret I have. Yeah, I so those vanished in, into so the fifth cool. dimension, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: So so you couldn't even get them. So, cool. So we, we left the monitor.
1: Yeah, and this is a big thing that happens we, next.
2: I think what Dr. Okay did avoided a combat with the monitor, which we were not prepared for anyways because we just got done fighting everything else um so then we move on and we go through the next door into a long hallway and in that hallway at the very end of the hallway we see three green orbs and then one of those orbs appears right next to nico and a dinosaur with a diamond shaped head steps out and nico touches it only for it to eat, yeah. his, eat his arm off and cut him in half.
1: As the as the green orb appears, the portal. Nico puts his hand through, and then it's, it's just at that
2: infatuated time, by this technology and
1: stuff. Yeah, he's like just wondering what this is, and that's when this giant raptor dinosaur Part of that comes through.
0: That maybe occurred.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. a big thing. Was he was starting to like turn inward and, and look for the truth in what was going on because there was so much around you, right? that it was all very mystifying unfortunately that dinosaur did deal a lethal blow to nico who then crashed into the wall denting the metal in the floor and then you all had a pretty tough fight i think dr O'Kane went down rick was about to go down you were
2: rick was one one hit point away from falling yeah um and then the last one just vanishes, and I, th- I thought for sure it was because I was bitching so bad about that fight because I was just like, "What the hell, ah!" Um, but I, it, it vanishes, and I, I am curious now. We'll talk about this a little later about the room we came upon, but like, what happened to these creatures that? that went back into John? the? Yeah, that's no. So, in the book, it says nearly kill a, kill a character, the last one,
1: kill a character, and then disappear. Well. Uh, we'll talk about it more when we get to the troll in the end and uh, the diamond dogs but yeah no this is all th- that was not a conscious attempt for me to nerf it
2: because uh, I, I felt like it <laughs> nope. I was like oh this is plot over for sure um which to be fair is
1: a thing you know like if you think if you think of dD games where you're level one yeah. and you fight a dragon it's a little like it's there's no way harsh. that you're actually going to kill a dragon, so there are usually conditions yeah. for which, like, there's a period in which you might die, and then you're probably not going to actually kill a dragon because dragons are way too powerful for you. So, yeah. but this was not one of those cases. But you can steal its eggs, but you can, but you can and steal raise its eggs one on your own. <laughs>
0: this is <laughs> to be this continued. is where
6: this is where this book and maybe this whole series is really just like just screws with your mind because it's like you're not safe. Okay, you're safe. Then you're not safe. Okay, then you're safe and then you're not safe. It's Yeah. Yeah. When, like, when
3: orbs can literally appear out of nothing. You're not safe. Right.
2: You're not safe anywhere. You're not safe anywhere at all. And then then we come into the next room. Here's here's this like pinging noise. Um that's just like a like a message like on your phone. Like your phone keeps vibrating. Boop, boop, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Uh this telepathic message. And so we follow it to a room. We open that room and there's an Abador core a guardian drone or robot
1: guardian yeah robot guardian robot
2: and and this so is again like we like Rick Rick worked for abador core Abadar core abadar Corps. um and for him to see that bot it was almost like a, a sign of relief and then it turned on us yep and again it's one of those like trust issues you can't you can't trust Anything.
1: Yep. that was a that was a pretty tough fight too. But there were a lot of crits. You got lucky, but also you fought well because you, I think, were just trying to do your best. And I think now that you were down to three, you were like, "We need some strategy," and you started to really break out Rolling into crits
2: on purpose. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah,
1: oh yeah, no you crit on purpose. A part of
2: that too was like, I think you forgot that there was crits a crit. Um weakness for this creature until the next episode like we ended on yeah mm-hmm. and it was the next episode you were like oh by the way there's a weakness for crits so this thing should be dead already um, yeah
1: which, which I, again just as a GM like sorry Kev because you're about to GM but you're going to make mistakes you're like you're going to forget something. everything
2: out mm-hmm. Wait, what mm-hmm. Kev? <laughs> nothing
1: I didn't I didn't hear you said
2: nothing um, so so okay. we ended up we killed the bot and then we answered the call and the call. Kev's yeah, going to it, perform his
0: GM duties perfectly is what he said. I, I was to right. say, Kev is
1: going right. to be a flawless GM. He's not going to forget a single thing. Oh, yeah. uh, if you go back and listen, I think it's episode 26, 27. If you listen to the outro, you can hear a bit of what Hears was hearing in his head. And we and we played it during the episodes. But that one in particular, you could, you could start to hear kind of what was going on. Uh, yeah, and you answer the call weirding? and who was it? The way from when, the the stewards? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I the
3: stewards. It sure. Question for a second. Yeah. Stewards yeah. come along. Shay and um, NARLA. NARLA. Yeah. And yeah. then they tell us that there's the that the reactors that there are reactors here and they're timing down to blow up and they're trying to disable one and they need our help to disable the other. Yep. And they tell us there's a limited amount of time and we gotta yep. get hurt.
1: Yeah put some pep into your step i think the message that you had heard from them was them like signaling to this place saying like hey uh there's some illegal activity uh we you know like like please like comply or else we will pursue further uh activity illegal
0: biomedical facility or whatever
1: (laughs) yeah we can go over that so uh, yeah.
2: Before we go any further, we did forget um, that we leveled up at that point somewhere in there. And that's when uh, Dr. OK got Bernice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the first time he's, he brought Bernice in, she was just a cloud of nanobytes, which is an amazing idea. But we decided that's yeah, that's a little too... Just
1: wasn't supported thing. by the... The Sage the drone
0: mechanisms. is such a not... We're talking about Tech Revolution yeah um, it's a
1: tiny it's a tiny drone which is like it's a, a tiny a drone, drone
0: and that's fine and that fits for a briefcase but it doesn't fit a cloud of nanites which yep. you yeah you know would have been freaking cool and i uh,
2: uh i'll be honest briefcase bernice is so much better than nanobite bernice
0: yeah yeah
2: we uh, love her as a briefcase i know it's true i love her too it's also hilarious to think like yeah. a briefcase with a with a, with a knife stick, knife yep. stick in it
0: which in hindsight <laughs> is the worst configuration for Bernice to have uh, from a weapon standpoint because her melee is like terrible <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and thank you, Aiden, uh, one of our our one of the willing yeah. for drawing Bernice for us. Yeah, uh, beautiful picture.
1: yep, amazing yeah it the out. Fan art. it was awesome. the willing art. So this when you find the Relax You, Dr. Okay goes out, tries it out, hears and Rick go to pay their respects to Nico's body. That's when you step out. Two more green orbs appear, and these, like, diamond laser Tashtari dogs appear. That was also pretty Ro- tough. Fight.
2: Roy and, and Ted Lasso step out yeah. of the green orbs. Yeah. Dumb dogs. Dumb and, dogs.
1: and uh And then you have that fight, and then what? one of them goes to the orb and then the other body vanishes in a green flash.
2: Yeah, that fight was also kind of hard, but we I think we managed to like Figure out a little one of the weaknesses pretty early on. We're able to take, yeah. You know,
1: also the, get the upper hand. Hears did a cool thing with making that sound in the adjacent hallway, to distract, yeah, to distract uh, and kinda, kind of sound. and kind of pull focus. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. We,
3: we um, were out of ideas. We tried every. I was just like, whatever yeah. we can do, please throw yeah. every
0: ability we have at every. We went
2: back to to D D days where we we're like, we're gonna float a goblin's head, yeah. and this is <laughs> crazy. try to intimidate them, and
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs>
0: move it lips and try to make it talk talk.
2: voice every fight every
1: every fight so now you're like great how do i find this reactor you're at a fork in the corridor the fork in the lab and you need to go left or right you choose to go one way and you uh you essentially come past a door that spikes on Dr. OK's uh, uh, device, measurement device, as like emanating radiation.
2: Yeah, this is one, again, one of those rooms I'd like to talk about. Like, we didn't go in there, and I think it's it makes a lot of sense that our characters didn't want to go in there because they've already f- been on the verge of death multiple times. Like, we're not going to go into random rooms for no reason. I think offline, we talked about how you really wanted us to go in that room. But there really was no draw. I thought that I it would be cool characters, but
1: yeah, I wasn't gonna force your so hand. So by
2: it'll be cool, can you tell us what it'll be cool? No, means? I
1: can't. I, I can't do because then it takes away the mystery. Dead. And I, I can't say what was in there. I, I can. There's probably clues
0: as to other things that he's yet to reveal. So
2: I think this is this is part of the argument about plot armor, though. Like this is the time for you to say, like, yeah, if you would have gone in the room, this is what would have happened. And, and we already said spoiler, if you're going to listen to, if you're going to play or listen to anything that is Threefold Conspiracy, then don't listen to this episode because you're going to know. And so unless you're going to use that again somewhere else for us. that it could
0: lead into other things. Like,
6: right. But like mechanically, don't as a defend party, John. we're never going to be back on this asteroid unless we are.
2: Unless never. No, never there's no, no possible way. Well, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that. Dum, dum,
6: dum, dum.
1: Why don't we come back to it at the very end? So, you keep going down the hall. You Oh, my God. You find... This is the episode where Kev just loses it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's happened Power. a lot of times. Rah! You find these weird storage bins and sleeping pods. These are like the gray sleeping quarters, including... Oh, you find all this, this floating array of these colored cubes that have all these trinkets in them. And it seems like the grays, you know, they are known for abduction and... Now all this other crazy technology, and you find all these trinkets that seem like they're from all over the packed worlds, including this little uh, olfactory the the olfactory nose that you put on your nose and it gives you a pleasant memory.
2: But when you use it, uh, And I'll admit I'm I'm an idiot and I don't know big words, and so I I was like old factory. Oh, yeah. What is an old factory? The old factory. And now I know. Whenever I hear olfactory, that it means you know your,
1: your nasal. Yeah, is, system. System. Yeah, that's because it will save. We like to teach as yeah, well star, as Starfinder teaches you. Starfinder teaches you things. Yeah. Uh, but weirdly, when you put it on, you do have a pleasant memory of, you know, for some of you, it was like, it, was like, it seemed to be like an academic sense, whatever it was. Uh, and then it just like, you rip it off because it comes foul and gross. Weird. You keep going down. You discover a creature that you nope out of there. This weird yep, little like
2: mini sand bone dune worm thing. Yeah, hashtag bone oh, worm. it's okay
1: to walk away. hashtag It's okay to walk away.
2: <laughs> hashtag It's okay to run away.
3: Yeah, no, I would. I didn't want to fight that thing. It literally came out of like a disgusting red mass of like bodies that were bone like And, and then and Didn't we up? have yeah. to make
0: like a uh, like a save like a some kind of psychological thing. It was Some a psychological fact. Yeah,
1: yeah, because it seemed like it was trying to really pull your attention and yeah. oh, be okay. able yeah, like to illuminate. Like yeah, Varacinaia. because which,
2: and we knew it was a dead end at least because that door was like red and there was no, that was the only door, and we weren't going to be able to open that.
0: Yeah, yeah. was that yeah. creature based off of uh, a Like,
1: it was not Veracina. No, it seemed like it was, but good, good connection thought, yeah. but was not a
2: Veracina. You
6: know, yeah. it felt like a flesh golem or something.
1: Yep.
2: What's a varacinaya? Am I just dumb? That was uh, the the carnivorous plant where we found Oh, the plants. The plants.
1: So you go back. You go back the way you came because you're like, this is a dead end. And I will say here, there was one room that you skipped and it's not the one that you're thinking of. There was a doorway that you didn't go in at all. The and I'm going to be completely honest. Room. Yeah, there was another door that you didn't go in. Because ahead of you was like there were two doors off to your right. One of them was like kind of partially open, and there were there were like liquids trailing out of it. You didn't go yeah, into there's that. There's a room one. to the left, there, next to the com room. There was one to the left that you didn't go in. And I'm just going to tell you, I was worried about that room because the way that the book had it, and the and I even talked to Jeremy. I I like looked some things up. I was like, if they go into that room, I I. As as a GM, I had a like tough decision of like Like TPK moment? I had a TPK moment of like if this does not go well, it could like I feel like So can you reveal that to us
2: at all? Like what what do we miss out on?
1: A creature that was very tough. That would have tied in, I think, a lot to some of the technology that you notice, right? So again, you saw this fusion fizz can from the monitor it had like nanites in it and like nanocytes. And so that was your first clue that maybe there's something that the greys were working on with that technology. You skip the lab Kyoko room. Maybe you would have found out more about that. You skip this room. Maybe you would have found out more about that technology and about some of the creature. I don't want to give it away because, you know, maybe something else will come up. But in a sense, the all I'm doing is- The our
0: grey hosts-
1: yeah, and, and all this does is in the future, if you see this kind of technology, it will make you think of that. Because as far as nanites and nanocytes, I also feel like while that's not a rare technology, it's probably not something that just day to day you're gonna like come or across it's something that's like made
0: of nanites. In the way it is by exactly. these grays.
2: So now right. it's a standout so, in I will your say characters' minds. I am I'm actually a lot more satisfied with your non-answers than I thought I would be.
1: Okay, good. I also wasn't hoping for you to be satisfied. I just wanted to tell you. What I, wanted to tell you. <laughs> I know
2: you were looking to piss me off, but um, no, I'm not. I'm not mad. I, I, I accept your answers for what they okay. are. I better run into a nanite monster at some point.
1: I, I both hope and don't hope that you do that. Uh, so then <laughs> you skip a room. You where there seems to be a lot of fluids coming out. You go into another console lab. Where the, or like,
2: uh, yeah, but that that other room we skipped, the, the door was broken, we could see inside, and it was definitely where the creatures were going back to, right? Yeah, so as you go in
1: and you start to, like, in this other room that you do go in, you discover these little flying bats named Skreelings that you affectionately called Peter and Paul. That was a pretty easy fight.
2: They seemed to crawl back, was it because they cheated and they took a bunch of damage on Rick? because they got a tax of opportunities for no reason. I don't
1: recall that. I also recall that you made uh, that same mistake at some point in the future.
2: So anyway... <laughs> not four times in a okay. row.
1: So, uh, so they go back into this other room and basically you, you are looking through the computer and you think that from gauging like an analysis of the fluids from that room and everything else it seems like as you said that's where a lot of creatures are kept and their blood of creatures that you already fought like the Tastaris, like the like the dinosaur raptors
2: yeah so you said there were four types of blood in that one mixture that we we looked at on the floor i think dr okay analyzed it um you said we fought three of them one was the diamond dogs one was the Dramatos, whatever sorus they's and and then the screelings like Think maybe no, uh,
1: well, so yeah, you saw that there was blood from the um Testari, just, just read the full list and not the links. Testari, the Dromeosaurid, uh, and also Troll and also Akeshti.
2: Akeshti, okay, and we hadn't run to an Akeshti yet, no. right? So it, we can assume that was it would have been Harog's blood.
1: Uh, it's a it's a thought. See, and okay. you didn't go in there. You you could look through and see that there are some containment areas. So, and it seems like something broke out of there. That's why the door is ripped off. So, yeah,
2: it's the troll. The troll broke uh, out. It's it's sense.
1: it's a likely case that the that the troll might have broken out there. It's a likely case that that's where they did some testing, did some analysis.
2: Harag broke out.
1: It seems like that could have been a place where you could have gotten a sense of what was to come right because now you're like oh this is the second time i've seen a troll now i'm seeing this Akeshi blood which if i didn't mention in the episode I, I you did a full analysis i'm pretty sure i did because i talked about it and then we just moved on um the other weird thing though is that back to this console room that you're in you find a picture on this little hollow yeah, that
2: was the weirdest part and one Kelly, tell us what the picture yeah, was.
1: yeah well it. one was the same picture that you saw on the chimera it was the picture of professor benjamin Benjamin, sorry and uh, his Riforian friend at a dig site on triaxis Still but as you're about to put it down you like scroll over swipe left and what do you see you see, Hears
3: in a business suit, surrounded by on the surrounded by a group of people who look at him like he's some kind of cult leader or something. They just like adore Hears, which is great for me. Uh, I enjoy <laughs> Hears. So, uh, but, but it Kelly, was really- you you <laughs> didn't know
2: this, right? Like this is not something you, in your backstory or something that you know, unless you're keeping secrets. Are across. you
3: asking? You're asking me. My I'm, as- official I'm asking you. Lore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you gonna no, answer or I did not, not answer? Oh come on, man! Like, okay, all right. No, honestly, I did not know. This is totally, and that's the thing. Like in game too. That's why I was like, "Look, I swear, like, I don't know what this is," because I didn't want any suspicion to arise. You know, Mm -hmm. and
2: and I'm always curious, John. And I'm I'm sure you won't answer it, but like, is this something that you inserted?
0: I want to hear no (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Was this something
2: that that you inserted, or is it something that was a part of the book? You had to choose a
3: character, though. Uh,
2: like, even even the picture, even the picture of, of Dr. Benjamin, was that, a, is that written into the, the AP, or is that something you're inserting from your own wonderful imagination?
1: I think if I say anything, it's gonna, I, I, I can't, I, I truly, that is one question that I cannot answer. Because if I say anything, I don't, I don't know where your mind is gonna link and connect to. So I'm not gonna say anything.
2: Why does it matter? <laughs> I just want. I just want to know. Like, at what point is the what, at what point is the AP, and what point is is John? And I guess you're right as a player. Like, you you'd want to blur that line enough that we don't know.
6: Yeah. Which I think, because of the question, he's successfully doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the, yeah.
1: Stay tuned for plot armor at the end of 14. book six when we talk about when I answer all of your questions in full.
6: When when John dodges. The rest of our questions.
2: Yeah, yeah. I still don't. There's what he be said, story. We're at the AP
1: now since you've all <laughs> yeah. seen it. No, Wait,
2: I just love that I, is the I, one I, where
1: I will I, tell you this was me. This was the book.
2: I will say that like I'm, I've contacted Jason Keeley on Discord and he's an amazing dude, and um, I've he like asked me like, oh, how did you enjoy? And I forget the name of the book even because I forgot it on purpose. Uh, and I was like, is that the name of the book too? Because like John doesn't even tell us the names of these, the titles of these like short adventures. Yeah. We know three conspiracy. Yeah. But
1: probably yeah. overly so, but I just really, I really want to keep yeah, the mystery alive. Everything from us. Yeah. everything. I really, Shana. more, more than like a typical campaign. I, I really want to like, just have it all be in your heads of like, what is going on. Anyway, Kelly. Mm-hmm. I'm Curious.
3: Like I, just to make sure that I'm answering Kevin's earlier question correctly, the people that were surrounding here is, were they, what kind of people were they? Just normal people. Yeah.
0: Just all uh, that. They, they were just, bunch of different people I think a diverse crowd of people diverse from crowd Starfinder okay. universe they didn't like oh here is
3: anything business here is anything in particular uh, why, why do they love him so much John can you answer they that? didn't call
2: you sir they didn't <laughs> say like oh, well nah, what's so interesting though
1: say. is that Oh, Captain, Captain? Yeah, yeah. So you're looking for some details and you think, well, there's enough diverse people here that could be a lot of places. But you're like, I don't know, from like maybe some of the backgrounds seem like like from like the the what's architecture in the background. You're like, maybe it's like a bigger place, like like a full station maybe like Absalom station. Then you notice that there's an Oma on the sleeve and you're like, oh, that's right. This seems like it is. Maybe not. Like, like that seems like a common symbol that you would see on other planets. And then you also see that there's a gray in the crowd who's looking at the camera. Yeah, that weird. this
3: isn't part of his history that he knows of anyway. Yeah. So
2: that, that's one of two things. Like, maybe it was, and they wiped it from your mind. Yeah, that could be. And because they were already injecting themselves into our lives, or. Or they're recreating memories of you. Or maybe,
3: you. or maybe we aren't even our original selves. What if we're like clones? Or yeah, we're just clones. Yeah, that would. I'm just. I'm
2: just a, I'm just a I'm, replica. I'm gonna make well, a bold prediction
3: of Rick eighteen. Yeah, Bold prediction. Oh
6: man, so that was a. There's that nineteen, was a, 19 that was of you. A
2: reference to what a
6: brain? Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, I am fully expecting a like Groundhog Day ending to book six. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Maybe.
2: No offense, but if that's what it is, I'm out. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> well, at
0: that point, you're, you're in it. You're like, like,
2: oh, you boarded the Chimera. <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> you just but come right back like to you the Chimera.
6: And you just wake up again, boarding the Chimera. Yeah.
2: yeah. No,
0: man. That would be know. wild. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. That would be wild. Am I, can and, I p- posit my theory? Please. The please, please, please. Uh, I don't know if we've... Delved into it, but all these flashback, quote unquote, flashbacks. What if the, these are like the uh, quote unquote psychic energies that have been harvested by our gray captors, uh, who are inserting themselves into our, like, like we we know Crush Casbah, right, was in a vat and or
2: part well, a copy of him or something, least. right? Sure. Yeah.
0: So what if they're trying to manipulate the strings of reality and. The remnants of these flashbacks are the quote-unquote mental and psychic energies of uh the imprisoned and captured uh foes who they've or not i shouldn't say foes but uh encaptured souls of those uh who have fallen victim to our gray
2: uh yeah i don't <laughs> I'd like to say yes to that, but at the same time, like I think it's it's not he kept showing us the same characters. It was always the Sheeran and her son Fair. targeted And so like I think we're gonna run into them at some point. I don't Yeah. Or we're gonna we're gonna learn more
0: about Or them we're gonna run into their gray copies.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. Keep that in mind. Anyways, moving on. Moving so on. there's a ladder down. You find a ladder um,
1: headed down with some troll blood,
2: and you're like, this must be the way. And which I'll, I'll be honest because uh, Bernice downloaded the maps and I think we paid really close attention to the map above us or the the previous map and this map. Did we have a map of the next floor? No. No. Okay, okay.
1: It's a technical space I was like, you Man, didn't have why, it.
2: Why why didn't we use this map? Yeah. Um
1: and you go down, you discover that there is another entrance, there's like a little bypass.
2: Bernice found that Bernice on found the computer that. and opened the door, and, opened the door. In that tunnel. and you go down there and
1: you're like, what is this? You discover there are motion sensors in this little tiny, uh, like, uh, hallway, right? This little access shaft and you discover the motion sensors, you trigger them. And then you find out that they're from Shea, that Shea set them. And he's like, these come over to our side where our reactor is. And, uh, there's uh, like I don't know why you're doing this. Like you, you should go figure out your reactor. It's kind of weird. I think that's when you first were like, that's when you first started to, to 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 just think about like like the paranoia of the whole book. Then set in to the people that are helping you, and you, then you start to second guess them. Which I yeah, think I'll is agree. the point. And that's of the another book, thing. Right? So
2: like Rick, Rick admires the Stewarts he trusts the idea of the stewards as as a whole he's for he's very conflicted i was gonna lack a better term like he's a a bootlicker like like, uh you know he he admires them he trusts everything they say and so in this situation um he trusted them completely until this point he's like wait why are they putting these motion sensors and i think that that really broke him down It kind of makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't. Like they know, I don't know. It, and we get back to that in the final episode of like, man, I, like Rick and Kevin both do not trust anything going on anywhere within this campaign. Well, well so I
6: think, yeah, I don't even trust you guys. I think that's the important note, right? Because it, it, based on everything Rick and the party has experienced up to this point, it makes absolute sense to put motion sensors on your back end. Because yeah. you have no protection back there. Yeah. Conversely, Rick trusts nothing he experiences because nothing has shown itself trustworthy. Everything Trip. is trying to kill you.
3: Yeah. Totally. That's how Heroes feels, too. I mean, we're always kind of jumping to the worst possible intent at the moment, you know? Yeah. Well, we, Heroes is just thinking they just don't want us to go there because we're going to like uncover what they're trying to hide from us. Yeah.
1: So then you go back. You're like, well, I'm not, well, here's goes and and looks a little bit and it does seem like it's another shaft, right? You're like, oh, because the stewards had said like, uh, just from what we've seen, it's like, it seems like there could be a bit of a similar layout situation. I don't know, but like, you'll probably find something similar. You'll, You'll find another shaft going down. Then you guys go back. You're like, all right, cool. See you later. You go back down. You're in an even smaller space and it's in that space that you first look into one room And you see this figure standing in the room and you're like, nope, we want to get to the reactor. We're not going to fight this figure in this weird room. We opened a door. The figure didn't move, standing completely stock still, shrouded in shadows. You can't really see too much of it, make anything out. You're like, see ya, hit the door, door shuts. Yeah. But then you go into another hall. And I don't know where Kev went, but this is important because as you walk into the hall, then you realize that this is some sort of observation space because it seems like there's a there's a there's there's like a big window on one side that you can't really see through, but the hall the light is flickering and as you walk in, there's this giant creature that charges out, and a and a keshti this huge jacked muscular keshti who charges out and fights you. And what I love is that from the beginning, the first thing that Akeshi did was come out, grab like a chunk of the ceiling or the the wall and throw it, hurl it like overhand at Rick 19. So but, like
6: before, before yeah. we explore that, can we talk a bit about what Akeshis are? Sure. Please, please. Cool. Uh, hashtag Starfinder story time for the hey, backstory.
4: Cue the
3: children.
6: I need to get Liliana to record that. Liliana is my daughter for the listeners. Um, So uh, after 10 to 20 years of adolescence, the Akeshides begin to rut. They become violent, single-minded, overcome by their urges to fight and to mate. And basically um, they will eat and eat and gain new spurs and claws and harden their scales um, in order to find a partner to mate with. If they find a partner, they mate, fertilizing uh, their clutch of eggs. Then the two partners fight to the death. Uh, their surviving uh, partner will go on to either be a broodminder or a congregant. Um, but in this case, we're talking about an Akeshti uh, Rivener, which is an Akeshti who never finds a mate. Um, they just stay in the voraciously eating Mindlessly violent stage, rampaging throughout Akatont until they are uh, generally hunted down by the rest of the Akeshti society because uh, they're considered a scourge on Akeshti's at large.
2: Thank you, Vinny. That was, was really good. Wow.
6: That was a perfect summary. Well yeah.
2: said. I just I do want to point that out though. Like the the Rivners, Rivners are beyond help. They are they are. Past that point normally. of no return,
1: normally,
6: yeah. right? Well, and like the Frog on the other hand. So was yeah. So when this creature came cognizant. out,
1: this creature came out. You first heard them talking, saying, "No, no, no, no. You can't, you can't make me. I won't go back in there." And then this Rivener comes out, and if you encountered a Rivener anywhere else, it probably would not have said anything, which is already weird. And then it attacks Rick nineteen. And you guys took an interesting stance. You were like, wait a minute. I don't know that I want to attack back. Cause it seems like this creature, maybe it was the bolita. Maybe you're like, we we couldn't actually help the bolita for whatever reason. We tried, and now we want to help this creature.
2: I think it was. Well, we even did it with the, the Skrillings, we allowed to leave as well. That's true. Well, all of us, but Hears. I think Hears was still like, no,
3: I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and then failed melee roll after melee roll after. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> as they limped out, guy. and you just kept trying like, to step. That no, was funny. <laughs> <What> was <laughs> yeah, the that, worst? Worst. that was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was not fun. Uh, but. I, but uh, this is true that we did end up wanting to help frog but I think we also just not wanted not to fight fucking frog yeah that's, <laughs> I think that yeah, was a big motivation frog that did that like was, 13 points of damage,
1: contributing
0: factor <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely it's a very a big very factor. large <laughs> one yeah uh,
1: but yeah you, you talk to frog you're able to calm frog down and tell and say like we're in a similar boat i don't know what happened to you but we also have Is experienced hardship prescribed in the ap that yes there are ways to you know do that to help out and, and try and talk to the creature
2: no but like in in this ap does it say if they attempt to do this allow them to do that at, at these and levels then take or whatever them, 15 rolls take it
1: to the troll layer There, there is language around what happens if you speak with Frog and are able to, you know, diffuse the situation. Yeah,
3: but we can't diffuse every situation, right? The AP doesn't allow for diffusing of certain situations. Uh, I'm guessing unless you roll,
1: you can roll really well. But it's one of those things where it's like it's less about you're unable to, and it's more just that some people aren't going to change their mind. Yeah, Yeah, and it doesn't.
3: Yeah, makes sense.
2: So I'm, I'm prepping to. To run the next, you know, story, um, and I can tell you from mar- from my book that John won't tell you because he's secretive, and I'm not as secretive. Um, Ooh,
5: okay. It
2: like each each character you run into has a development yeah. block yeah. after it that basically has triggers and and like if this happens, you know, it's, it's, it's if statements. You understand if statements, but um, no. So please yeah. explain it to me. No, it's true. Yeah, uh-huh. Also, and yes, yeah. please. And, and if statements,
1: statements. Yeah. and object and the if else. And then some uh, switch statements. I
2: I wouldn't say they're object oriented. I I still don't understand that. It's just
1: the logic that is present (laughs) at a very first principles level for many things Mm. that if you're just trying to say if if you want some action to occur by some sort of trigger, then you say, Well, if this trigger occurs, then these other actions will occur. Otherwise or else this should happen instead or you can have an else if there are lots of other things but the whole development block which is true uh, and all that I'm not doing is going into the full like context of the block but the but the blocks Paizo does a really good job of writing and giving you context to say like if the characters want to do this here is this creature or NPCs or monsters motivation here's how they would typically respond.
2: Yeah, and sometimes it just says they fight to the death no matter what.
1: Because they are and those yeah.
2: those are the ones that you will not be able to to right. talk down. And
1: usually when you look at that that creature's intelligence or their charisma or what their motivations are, you're like, that makes sense. It's not gonna it's gonna fight to the death. So right? could we have tamed the laser dogs? Uh they didn't have a high intelligence your fear did an effect I think if you really wanted to you could have like maybe under the circumstances of like a really like a crit hit and then one of them goes down and the other one's like you know what I'm out you know and just
2: roll some ball bearings down the yeah. hallway
1: there's also usually language for like if, if like the leader or if more than this many die the others will tend to flee Right. There's, there's, there's like this encouragement there for you to explore different w- methods of combat. Cause not every combat should just be, Hey, here are some monsters. They're going to fight to the death. See you later. It's like, it needs to be interesting. Right. So. Cool. Anyway. Awesome. So you, that's what happens with frog. You befriend this Akeshi named frog who is a former uh, gladiator on a popular Akatonian gladiator show in the arena. And you remember them like getting into some sort of trouble, and then they were no longer on the show, and then now they're here. But again, the weird thing is that Frog is like, I am not a Rivener, but I am physically a Rivener. And also, Frog's talking to you. Dr. OK, I think you do some sort of test. You realize that clearly the Greys have been manipulating Frog's basic DNA, basic uh, biological principles to ch- ch- change Frog. Which is weird, yeah. And you're like like,
2: accelerated him into Rivner's state, but kept his mental capacity at whatever tenuous
1: at best, right? His his mental capacity was mostly there. He was he was under a lot of stress and anxiety.
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's certainly more advanced than any other Rivner.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you are like, hey, can you help us fight this troll? Who Frog has already fought, and Frog was like, I do not want to fight this thing again. And you appeal to his. Uh, his 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 best self, which is like you are a gladiator. This is what you do. You fight. Well, and we were
0: like, we're we we'll, we're in it with you, right? Like, it's yeah. Not just it's not just you out there. So exactly. It's us. you
1: have friends, which we is are,
0: no yeah, matter and, your situation now uh, or what it was before. It is now
1: here, and you are exactly. compelled to uh, to act. Which is yeah, which is great. And Frog's like, I'll do it. But you have to help me free this creature, which is in this other room. Which free is part- this creature from life. Yeah, from yeah. life. <laughs> Mur- murder. They're too <laughs> far gone. But I know what it's like to go through this, and you need to help me.
2: It's a, well, sh- it's a Sheeran rivener. Until yeah. like
6: to, to illustrate yeah. it for a Frog, like he, he had suffered two of the biggest shames, right in succession. Right, he wakes up and suddenly he's a rivener. He's this scourge of Akeshi society. Like. The, that is actively hunted by every other Akeshti. Yep. And yeah. And he just lost he just failed at what he's spent his whole life excelling at. So like both of those in quick Fighting. succession he's like no I, I would just rather clock out.
1: Yeah. yeah, It's a good it's a good analysis. I think you that is one of my favorite parts of book two is how you guys befriended met kind of yeah. Brought into the fold, into the party, Frog. His, his cover really, really was fold. really good too. Oh, hey, thanks. You know, it was uh, it's meant to be Australian, but it's, it's tough with those low registers. It's just really, really tough. If you're a low register Australian, please write in. Let us know if anybody thinks that just you're. Send,
2: send us your audio. Yeah, just
1: send us audio, and then I'll practice it, <laughs> and uh, and then it'll be better. So you fight this swarm creature, and it brands Frog pretty easy fight i think with Rog at your side and also- i think
2: the, the my favorite part about that fight uh, was yeah. uh here's inspired my artillery laser oh, that yeah, that was so-
0: amazing that was oh. great <laughs> yeah, it was it's
3: a beautiful moment we we do love to uh have affectionate moments with inanimate objects in this game yeah <laughs> it's good
1: it's, it's, it's good it's,
0: it's a theme it's yeah, a it game
1: is. Uh, while you're in there, you also discover that there's this... After you 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 help free this creature from life, you find that there's this some sort of piece of metal that looks like it belonged to some larger device or something. And one, as you near it, here's his artifact. His blue starts to shine a little bit. It's weird. Mm. And the writing on it in Aklo is the name... Necrol.
2: the word Necrol on it. I tried to Google it. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't Google Necrol Starfinder because that definitely would take me to yeah to, to things.
1: But I, I think what you remember from it is this like mega mind idea that some you know races have this like mega mind sense. So it's a little bit obscure. Not quite sure yet. Maybe now you have a chance to look it up.
2: Then. You open the door. You're like, let's... let Wait, 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 wait. Here's your stone. You have a stone or artifact or something that Rolu gave you that we're not all aware of, right? Or have you showed us this? Yeah, you've seen it. I think everyone's seen it. I think
3: you've seen it, but I don't think you know all the details about it yet, yeah.
2: Okay, so, but Rick's not completely aware, but, like, Kevin wants to know more. The stone has now interacted with two things or three things I think it's two things
3: there was the the relic yeah the relic in from that, the chimera from the the quote other cargo bay and then uh and then from book 2 this uh this thing Rude. the hidden okay. cargo bay yeah the one that didn't exist but did and then like the uh S-
5: starburst <laughs>
0: yeah yeah Farmer episode one. For- I still think it's a good merch idea, by the way.
3: <laughs> like to get like the other card yeah. It's like a merch thing. The other card. Yeah, it's cargo. like a shirt. Yeah. But it's just started. two things uh-huh. so far. Uh, yeah, but great. hopefully more things because that that's a something here's that's a guide for here's he needs to know. Yeah. So yeah. And gave his life for that to give me that.
2: Um, Vinny, I kind of want to know your insights on on here's the stones as a listener.
6: Um. I'm I'm intrigued by the glowing stone. It strangely enough, like the 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 parallel that I draw is um, like an elven blade. How it glows around trolls or goblins. Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, so, like, is it glowing around a particular element? Is it glowing around like materials? I mean, like, what's the some, some sort what's of, the crux? I don't know. I think it's interesting the um i think the last thing it glowed around or the first thing was the the sheet of metal inside the artifact was that right that was like, it was like
2: the reset button, or um you know <laughs> card is like please reinsert right. it before restarting which felt
6: like a huge red herring and like to me it was like okay sure this is this is this stone may not be as important as we think it is but the second time it glowed is like okay maybe it is and again nothing in this story is as it seems
2: well now i'm curious kelly do you have any insight into what is happening with that stone or are you just as blind as the rest of us and that's just a yes or no <laughs>
3: uh i have a little more insight
6: yeah but i'll just i'll just okay. say that and think it there. That's fine. John, John also has this really great grin on his face, where he's like, "I know, I know the answer." Know. Well, John, wrote, John really, wrote this. <laughs> John knows everything.
1: It's cool. He just likes to see us squirm. Yeah, I know. Classic. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a fun part about Being a GM when you have these like mystery things, you get to see people work through it with it. Anyway, all great conversation that maybe will be revealed in time. So you open in the time. door back in this room you're like open the door you're in greenery you're in this like greenhouse area and here's is immediately fascinated with these beautiful blooms on what you call them Vers- versace uh, yeah <laughs> that's what they're called versace, versace. yeah they're so they're the versace blooms the summer 2022 collection <laughs> and uh here's just a sucker for fashion you know? here's yeah here's knows here's has good taste uh and you go up to investigate Technical. this new collection he does and, love himself an inanimate object but you're like fascinated <laughs> and what I love was that I think when you, when you all realized it Kev we went into initiative and Kev you were like can I roll something to like try and stop
2: him well cause he, he passed me and I was like he's entering my space I get to use my attack of opportunity you but failed. I failed because uh, I should not have been able to do an attack of opportunity Before since first. it was the first round of initiative. Yeah.
1: But um, also, it was just of cool it anyway so it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, but it was just a cool image of you being like, ah, and, and he's like charging past you.
2: Well, it's just funny because, like, it was just, this is one of the things where, like, dice, the dice tell the story just as much as the story itself. Yeah, exactly. and, and Rick rolled a lower initiative. I rolled, like, we rolled our dice, and my dice roll was lower. So Kelly moved first. And if I had a higher initiative, I would have just hit the door and stopped him, and it would have been a whole different story. But, but the fact that he moved first... yeah.
1: Well, it, it led to the fact that you guys then go out there, you pass these saves to not be fascinated, and once you kind of overcome it, you put on the, your environmental protections on your suit, that's when you're, you're trying to pull Kelly, or pull Hears, out of the bush, and you stumble on something in the bush you look down and you see somebody who is that ew,
0: yeah, ew. That,
6: that was uh that was a really fun like reveal it was amazing.
2: it was it yeah. was fun so much yeah fun. it was i'll i'll give a little insight to the listener we all knew vinny was coming in
0: <laughs> just didn't know
2: how. But yeah, we didn't know when and where. But he was definitely like on the call before we started recording, and it's all like he just appeared on our Zoom. But it but, yeah. but it
1: was pretty great because it really was like Venny wasn't even on the Zoom call, and then I and he then had I was your like, video you see off too, right? Exactly. Yeah, he had yeah. his video off, and then just out of nowhere, when I was like, you see, you know, like I said, Venny, what do you see? And then his face pops up, and he just has this huge grin. He's like, ha.
2: It was, it, was, it, was, but okay. it, it was one of those things that like that we might not have hit a point where Vinny could have come in. So even though he was on the call with us, like he might not have been it, introduced in to episode. It gets even yeah. funnier Waiting because we, write.
6: you guys, recorded two episodes that day.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you, and you took a while to get through the fight. Yeah,
6: yeah. So yeah. like, hang out for an hour and a half, and then <laughs> yeah, see if what we I, make
1: it through. Right. Yeah. What I love in editing the episode right before you come in is that I have all of your laughs. From when we were all laughing, but you were <laughs> muted, so we didn't hear you at all. But I can hear you being like, "Ha, ah, this is great." Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so that's the introduction of Colin Edenbrand. Yeah,
2: we're so glad to have yep. you. yep. Oh yeah. I do. Have, I have a question for Colin. Um, like you clearly built your character to be a healer. Um, I never try to be. Like I played a cleric in D d But like. Starfinder's known to not actually have like a healer class. Is Met- Mystic the best me- uh, like healer class?
6: So, I think so. And it's... It was a... like It was a calculated decision for me um, because I'm not familiar with the Starfinder system at all. This is the first... This is quite literally the first Starfinder game I've ever played. So, it was... Um, I've really enjoyed playing a Cleric in another TTRPG 5e... And, um, like I, I'm told that, that I play it well. And so I was like, all right, let's do what I know. I can, I can play a healer and what does that look like in Starfinder? And I, I don't know, you, man, you do I it think well. as, as we talk <laughs> about the next couple of episodes, I think I'm doing all right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. So you, uh, let's uh, just, just, just to get to it, you know, I mean, you introduce yourself to frog and the party you all are able to. Kind of blindfold frog and safely get through the rest of these blooms as you realize they are still, you know, active. Uh, you're you're going to where you know is the the final shaft down into the final fight with this troll. You along the way you discover another dead gray. You think maybe they were like harvesting these blooms to use. Seems like there were you know you found some I think grenades and some yeah. poison that seemed like there were some you know harvested for this. And it's when you get into the final shaft as you're about to go down that that's when you find Hears and I think it was uh, Colin, you both have this sense in your head in Rick 19 as you start to go down the ladder that there
2: is a
1: warning. There's an alarm, but it's a telepathic alarm warning you. Which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's a pretty it's neat very, idea. very
2: interesting idea that the Greys have this telepathic alarm system going on that only they would know. Um... Before we go any further, though, this is when you had in, another flashback.
0: In, in opsec
1: terms, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we actually skipped a flashback. That's okay.
2: Well, we did. Which was the other flashback? We skipped
1: the flashback where it's. Do you want to just get them all at the same time? Or you want to do it now? Running just, and the ship's getting darker, darker. N- that's that, yeah, the yeah. one that came in this episode. But before then, oh, okay, was there? We the first one, you know, was where this uh, young Sheeran the- is meeting with this Gray. And then the next one is like, presumably the next morning in the dining hall. Oh, that's
2: right. The boys, the boys are missing for a day. The boy, the yeah, towers. the boy were missing. So
1: then now there's a focus on on Marcus with his two boys, and they're at the table and they're talking. And there's there's news updates. There's a sense of tension in the room, and it's at the end of that that the door opens and the young Sheeran boy is back. Like is is back. They couldn't find him on the entire ship, and then now he's back. And then that's where we ended that one, and we pick up in this last one with uh, the boy's mother, Zenka. We know this 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 name is her name. She is escorting him, pulling him away, trying to like pull away from all these like cameras that are happening and security and this whole hubbub. And it's during this time that this event happens. And all the lights go off. Suddenly, the boy is alone, walking down the hall where he sees these shadows, turns down the hall, and it's Marcus, it's it's a bunch of passengers and, and, and crew on the ship floating with their heads back, their arms dangling down, their mouths open, their eyes open, and he sees another, you know, gray in the hallways lurking in the shadows. When Zanka pulls his arm, they start running through the ship. And it seems like as they're running, they're they're seeing more of these bodies, but lights are going out. And they're just barely able to get onto an escape pod and get outside of the Sugesta where they watch as the ship goes dark, and then suddenly they see little flashes of light coalesce into one big flash of light and we white out. And that was that flashback. Dang. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was the best. I'm just saying it was
3: such a creepy flashback, but it was my favorite one
1: yeah it was definitely really creepy (laughs) writing it i mean if i was getting creeped out writing it i thought this must be creepy and so you basically go and you have a mind meld between Hears and colin which is a really nice moment and then everyone is talking frog shares a little bit about how he acts before a fight it felt like a collective you know all right we're really about to do this that comedic relief
6: (laughs) in frog's pep talk was spectacular (laughs) <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, because he basically just says all the newcomers shit themselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. But, you know, just to jump back, I really like the mind melt because obviously, Benny, you know about the previous episode's content, but Colin doesn't. So you and here is really connected in that. Right. And I think in general, well, everyone really shared in that scene in those moments. And for
6: the listener, it was a really interesting um, experience for me because we are, I don't know if how far, yeah. I'll just pull the curtain back. We're like, recording four or five episodes ahead so i as a fan am listening to the podcast as it's released but there was a gap of like five episodes i had no idea what happened because i wasn't participant in them and they haven't been published for me to listen to so like colin's amnesia and uh lack of awareness of what actually happened was reflected in my lack of awareness for what happened so like
2: and a a couple things came up again like the tunnel
6: yeah that's right tunnel
2: and like vinny was like i don't understand what's going on here but it's like, oh yeah, you weren't a part of that episode yet. Like, yeah, you, you weren't yeah, involved. Yeah, good.
1: Well, but. so let's just cut right to it. I mean, you go down the shaft, and you are just immediately thrown into a giant fight with a two-headed troll that seems to have this crazy ability to cheat, move, <laughs> teleport, <laughs> cheat,
3: teleport, and reach ten feet.
1: Can't attack read the more than stat that, block. Like You know that this feet.
3: happens. Is, is, was it really thirty feet? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like... I I
1: can (laughs) say yes. There's pretty much anywhere in the room. Yeah. And he... That ability to move. And in the development motive block, it says, if the troll can move, the troll will move. So unless there's a big pull, which there was a big pull, it was frog, because the troll had fought frog before. But in general, you can expect that the troll is going to use that ability to teleport in this quantum state. Because I think it was Hears who looked at the Trolls' blood and saw the quantum superposition. We saw oh, it on yeah. the ladder, too, didn't we? Yeah, That's right.
2: You said, that you said the blood was glitching, and I was yeah. like, blood can't, can't, blood can't glitch. That well, that's what it stuff. does in,
0: when
1: it's not from our dimension, <laughs> Kev. Duh. That's true. That's true. And then what's also interesting is that you realize that the way to shut down this reactor is that you need a type of multi-factor access where one person has to be telepathically linked to this gray device and the other person has to be physically analog connected to the computer and you had options there you know you had options like once so what
2: What if what if a group didn't have somebody who's telepathic there's still an option to shut it down
1: yeah so if you recall at the end of that fight I told you how there was a trap yeah. on that computer if you it's try to, to, to try access to... that computer without trying to connect telepathically at all then you would have set off the trap and if you don't have telepathy then the DC would have been much higher but it's more about how if you try to hack it, the, those lasers will come down to target oh, whoever's trying to hack okay. it. And really, it's just another complication in this whole scenario. I don't think we could survive that, right, dude? Uh, <laughs> that is a true boss fight. Anybody who's running this or is thinking about running it, like that, hit me up because that is a true boss fight.
2: And and add on to the fact that we had Hrog with us, who drew a lot of the aggro yeah. and got that troll's attention and took a lot of the a and lot of the damage from died. the fight. I-
6: yeah, and died. then paid the price. I would be curious to see like what percentage of the trolls hit points Hrog did single handedly.
2: Because he got he critted him.
6: Yeah,
1: he did yeah. a lot. I think I mean crit him and still. And then that spawned a troll poly That's right. Yeah, because he crit him and cut off part of the troll. That's part of the troll's development. The troll it's is like being, halfway you know, through optimized. its damage
0: stat block or
1: whatever. It morphs into multiple enemies. Yeah, so the polyp comes in with the amount of damage done on the crit. So I think it was, you know, frog did 39 points of damage. So it did 39. It had 39 HP because it's a badass yeah. creature.
2: Which is the the, tr- the 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 polyp that you saw earlier. The polyp that we came in at the very beginning of this, this. Exactly. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, man. Connections. Yep. So wait, if we had hit the troll with like a 10 point, then the polyp would have had 10 points? Mm hmm. Interesting. It's a cool mechanic
1: that Owen Casey Stevens, the writer of the second book, came up with, and you know, and the whole Starfinder team that they came up with. So we made the polyp
0: tougher by allowing Frog to hit him.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's why that thing was so hard to hit.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Frog. Well, the
1: troll polyp naturally had a had a high AC, and so did the troll, yeah. right? Yeah. But fighting the troll polyp in the first half of the book, it sets up this idea that there's going to be, you know, different types of damage, right? That you're going to have to overcome these regenerative properties that the troll's blood has, the creatures have. That's when you're introduced to this mechanic. Also, note that at this point, Dr. O'Kane hears do successfully shut down the reactor from overloading, but you had a choice. You had a choice. You could turn it off, or you could turn it off and then have it come back online to then explode soon thereafter at a different yeah, we time. chose to turn it off. You just chose to turn it off.
0: The idea I had was that if this troll is feeding off of the radiation, then
1: uh, not having it on would benefit us. And you were right. The troll was like, get out. You know, the troll's at the door to the reactor trying to get in. If you remember, when Frog was fighting it, it was at the time that the troll got closer physically to where the lateral was, the troll left Frog. The troll said, hey, there's some radiation nearby. I want to get it." So, I had this
6: thought um, today, actually. Like, what if we had opened the doors and let the troll into... You could have done that. Like... Is that a satisfactory resolution? Just like let him in, hit the self-destruct and dip?
1: At the end of the day, you wanted to leave. The troll wants radiation. And you had the means. You could have opened Give the door. Would it wanted? it? You so could have done that too. Yes, and not fought it. So
2: we could have We could have talked it down and made it a friend. We could have befriended everybody. Yeah,
1: I think we joked about that. Just the troll saying, like, hey, guys, I need help. Yeah,
2: yeah, hold on. Can you get the door? It would be great
1: if you could help out. The troll's intelligence as a product of its upbringing, you know, it's not. Even with two brains, it was still dumb. Yeah, yeah. Two
0: empty cavities where a brain should be.
1: So Frog ultimately pays the price, but he dies doing what he loves with his friends. Which is exactly what you had told him, that you were going to be there for him, and you were. But unfortunately, Krog dies. That was a hard hit. You managed to finish the fight, and then even fighting the troll, polyp.
2: Can, the, the troll regenerates because it, it starts to come back yeah, up, and we still kill yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. I
6: don't want to gloss over that. Like that death hurt.
0: Krog's yeah. death being yeah.
6: broken by the troll was like equal parts, you know, disbelief, disbelief and fear. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, like. Sort of a reinvigorating. Okay, this is not. We are not going to accept this as an outcome. He will.
2: I, I was. I was saddened by that. Like, it, yeah. T- the troll
6: effectively created the Avengers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was the
2: Hulk. He was. Yeah. The...
1: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point, man. Frog, the hardest death for sure uh, for yeah. me, by far. So, then you're like, great. We just took out a troll polyp. We took out a troll, even after it came back to life.
2: Which shut down the reactor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As we know from Kevin's Navy experience, that's how you Mm -hmm. shut down a reactor. Accurate. Kill the troll. (laughs) Yep, kill the troll. And, And then you reach out to the one and only Shay. And Shay says, great. We got our reactor set up. And says, hey, cool. Come on up. Let's meet each other. And you guys said hang on we're still paranoid Mm -hmm. and you're saying I don't think we're going to do that so as you're coming back up you say you know what maybe we go through the shaft go to the other side and you say better yet let's tell them that we'll meet them but then go to the other side and then you pull an Uno reverse card you flip flop because then you radio them and you say hold on we're going to tell them we're going to to the other side. So you trigger the motion sensors, and then you actually go back to where you were originally supposed to meet them.
2: And, and again, I'm going to ask this, and you're probably not going to answer, but like we could have gone that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we would have gone that way, would we? Would there be an equal amount of, of rooms and spaces? That was the understanding that they gave
1: to you, was that the area that you were in, again, overall, this whole station is huge but the area the two areas that where the reactors were pretty similar so you would have had a very similar map to the one that you're in mm-hmm.
2: but there are still creatures in there that we would have ended up you would have flipped we, horizontally
6: we the map maybe, ass. maybe there's another <laughs> yes. Colin still paralyzed in a bush we don't know
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's not totally equal but remember that Shay did say you know hey we got out of there by the skin of our teeth right we already lost people uh, so we didn't fight everyone there. Also, were those uh, creatures detailed? I will pull back the curtain and say that I came up with everything that's on the other side. Oh wow!
2: So it, what does the what does the book say? The book says if they go that way, does that tunnel even exist in the mm-hmm. in the book? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. You know, overall, the book outlines what happens a little bit, and yeah, I thought, it just well, gives, like
0: a description, like.
1: And I knew that you guys wanted to do that. You know, I'm I'm going to make it worth your while. I'm not going to say sorry. This is not in the scope of the adventure, which is fine sometimes in the right situation. You know, I mean, I've I heard it in some other <laughs> podcasts where they say, if you keep going in this direction, that will literally not be in the adventure whatsoever.
2: Why are you laughing, Vinny? <laughs> has Has that happened to you? <laughs> I kind of want to see. Like, no, Vinny, Vinny was laughing. Oh, yeah.
6: I I, I'm, I uh, DM a, a D&D campaign for my nephews and my brother-in-law. And, oh, yeah, it has absolutely
2: happened. He was like, nope, close the book. It's like, like sorry, yeah, guys, that it's that not on the happen. map.
6: I don't have it prepared. Uh, <laughs> please turn around.
1: <laughs> Slash, even if I do have it prepared, like, you sure you want to do that? You know, I, I guess so. Okay. Anyway, you could have gone there. You decided not to. That's fine. Then you say, you know what? Let's go. where they said to meet up. You enter past the two rooms before the ones that said that they had the red marking up. You enter into a giant bay where they seemingly traffic a lot of goods and grav carts and items. You exit via the giant airlock doors. There's a stable atmosphere on the other side. So you start heading up. You're not meeting any other company because they're off on the other side thinking that you're over there. And so when you continue into this massive hangar area where you see for the first time another starship that is not attached to hydraulics or in a large chamber showing images of sp- space, right? Instead, you see a real starship and you see real space. You, in fact, you see an asteroid belt. And that's when Narla Yalamus comes out. She says, oh, I thought Shay was going to meet you, but I guess not. Welcome to the Void Crier. It's a ship from the Steward's Fleet. But since the whole ship, including the steward symbol, is grayed out, it's a special ops ship. Undercover. Designed for Undercover. Designed for this team. So then Shay comes to meet you. I think it's around this time that, not to get too into the weeds, but, you know, we do explore somewhat. Y'all, were kind of feeling each other out, right? Narla and Shay yeah. were talking and communicating openly, but they are also special ops agents who are grateful that they found you and that you're alive and that they're alive mutually, right? But they're thinking... How do we deal with this? And you all are thinking, "Are you for real? Uh, what is happening?" You know. And here's here's a really there. good job
2: of like of, of backstepping why we told Shay to go the other way. <laughs> so thanks for covering that. <laughs>
1: sure. I had some things planned too. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. there was great role play there. I mean, we didn't even roll any checks, right? It all felt very natural. Didn't feel like there was a need to you know go down that road. Anyway anyway, so then you trot on board. The Void Crier seems to be a nice steward ship. It's well designed. You're going up. You put that thing in reverse. Beep, beep, beep. Back it up. Back it out. And as you're burning (laughs) rubber peeling away, then, first of all, Rick, you get a notification on your device.
2: I I did. And I I read it off to the listeners without anybody else hearing. Um, And I guess... We're behind the curtains now a little bit, and yeah, if you, you guys want to know, uh, it was basically like directions for my next mission. Oh,
3: okay, awesome. Okay, cool. Wow. So who do you work for?
2: None of your business. <laughs> I was almost wow. about to say just now. is another
1: I don't know if I've oh sorry re- revealed yeah, I that. Agree. I think so, we
2: have. Um if you go back and listen to v- episode 1, it is revealed in works episode For the one. government or something. Uh, f- He's <laughs> like a uh, guy. For, uh, uh, no, the Rick's department. Rick works for the the um abolitionist the front. Android Abolitionist <laughs> Front. Oh uh, okay. Yeah. So he got like,
3: another target. He's going to kill someone again. That's good. Murder. Kill some slaver of. It's not
2: necessarily murder. Come on. Wait, so you admit that your ends, next thing is assassination into a murder. I don't know what my next mission is. I just know know where my next mission is. Anyway, so
1: it's at that (laughs) point that as you're backing out. I think uh, Doctor... (laughs) Well, no, don't... Yeah, everybody everybody gets something. Okay, Okay. so we're backing out. And Doctor, okay, you rightfully ask, so are we just leaving this here? You're just going to this place, right? You know, which, by the way, the stewards tell you a little bit more of what you know. They say this place is called Outpost Omicron. And then Shade just starts laughing. And then says, hey, wait, Dr. OK, actually, I do have something for you. And sent you a little file pulled from some corrupt, wrecked, wrecked data pad. And do you want to say what it is? Because you didn't reveal it. You, you didn't say what it was. I did not. At all. You are welcome to here, or you can keep it close uh, to the vest.
0: I mean, I will say that it involves Boosh docus and okay. um, possibly... Uh, you know some interesting development in you know his uh whereabouts as or you know the fate of uh the Osharu world maybe it might be at stake oh my. i don't
1: know oh my. pretty neato stuff and then from there we cut over to colin who also gets a notification on his device do you want to say what it is or no um I will
6: say I will not say exactly what it is uh not here. Okay. Um I, it was a like I when I tell you my eyes about popped out of my head and my jaw dropped like it was it was a core fundamental truth from Colin's history that was not as he understood it to be.
2: Oh my god, like you were told you were adopted type um,
6: thing? Um and I will also say that uh, any listeners who want to hit me up on Discord, I am happy to uh, share that with them. Dang! I'm before make, I'm
0: gonna make a fake account and just so I could hit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs>
1: Bill here. I don't remember. <laughs> Cool, and then Kelly Hears mm. also got a little message. Yeah. Uh, it was an audio message. Do you want to say what that is? Or? No, no,
2: I, I, I cheated. Uh, I went back. And yeah, I, of course you did. This, this episode oh just came God, out last week, and I f- listened to it. I listened devious. Um, i'm sorry um it's fine all right yeah so it's it's rolling why are, you,
3: why are you hold on why are you telling me why are you I'm telling r- everyone because wanna... i'm
2: curious okay. no 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 to no, know. No, 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 no. hold on, no, let me
1: Kelly say what gets happened. to say it's my to, character. he gets all to right. decide if he wants to reveal it or not He's assassinating right. people's
0: dreams too wait, all right so, so basically wait, i'm not like, allowed to listen back to that episode now yeah. <laughs>
3: yes you are because no, you about can to, it came out last week you didn't listen yeah what happens
0: all right Right, or
2: if you want to keep the mystery. what happens.
3: All right. Mystery, can, happens. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> some audio. I, I think, yeah, I can't remember if it's on a device or whatever. But anyway, Rolu leaves a message, which is basically, this is my last message to you? Is that what he says? I need to meet you. I'm going to meet you in some place. You know where? Yeah. Do, you know where? Um, I don't know if he said it's the last message, right? Because,
1: like, he pretty much just said, like, hey... I'm leaving you this message because I found something. Shoot, I don't know if this is actually going to get to you. This is probably going to be my last message. If it does get to you, then you know where to meet me. But my question is, like, that was before he
3: died or after he, quote, died? Like, I don't know. So then I'm, like, wondering, like... For the listener, John gotten, is throwing his hands up. It wasn't, like, he like a timed know. out message. It wasn't, like, a kill switch message, I'm guessing. So then it seems... Possibly still alive. I don't know.
2: Kevin, All right. Two, two things. I think. I don't think it is. I think it was the message that he sent before he met you right, because right. he says you know, you know where to meet me. So like you somehow you received that message prior to this. I think it's replay. I think. I think you're probably right. That was. That's my guess. My biggest thing with it is he calls you sir. Yeah. Over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> And with that laughter, (laughs) pretend that was
1: Shay's laughter because it's at this point that you're just starting to notice that (laughs) things are starting to slow down. And then you level up, right? Same mechanic as last time. It's familiar. Even though you're not in Outpost Omicron, this familiar slowing down, this review, this recall of memories comes through and you level up. But then everything else seems to slow down because as you look out and the crew of the Void Cryer and Narla and Shay and everyone's like, hold on, what's happening with the asteroid? Because the one outpost that Omicron was in, it starts exploding. First, with these normal explosions seeming to indicate maybe that when Dr. OK asked, so are we going to blow things up? Uh, what's going on? they are normal explosions but then be- they become green explosions and then the whole asteroid splits apart slows down freezes in place then whoosh, whoosh, reverses goes into this green singularity in the middle of space and then whoosh, vanishes is no longer there and when you asked because I think I I've oh, question about
6: the reversal is it like it reversed in that it was no longer split in two it was then a whole asteroid and then it it dropped into that green portal.
1: It reversed as in, it didn't quite move backwards in time to reassemble. It just started to move back into the singularity, into something else. Ah. It went somewhere else. And what I'll say is that you were asking, right? What are these green orbs that are appearing, right? And you didn't go in that door. And again, there's this radiation aspect that's powering Applasomicron, but that radiation doesn't account for these orbs. And then you're thinking about, well, the troll is has this, you know, has this quantum ability. And you think there must be a link or, or some quantum technology somewhere that we didn't encounter. Maybe that was in a place that you could have encountered, but you didn't. So, you know, I'm not gonna say what it was, but there's definitely a sense of maybe there's something that you might have missed that maybe it'll come up later because it seems like whatever explosions caused this place to start exploding that hit some sort of quantum technology and that caused this asteroid to vanish into nothingness in the same way that the orbs did with the creatures. Second question. Did we
6: ever get clarification on whether or not uh, the team of um, these fine fellows who are coming to rescue us hit the self-destruct button.
1: If you recall, I think it was Dr. O'Kay who had a super high perception check, you did notice that it was Shea pressed a button on the captain's chair. Yep, little button. More to be explored in book three. Say that again about the button? Shea pressed a button. If you listen back, I'm pretty sure it was Shay. I don't think it was Narla. It should be Shea. They pressed a button on their captain's command chair before the before the reversal? asteroid exploded.
2: Oh yeah, so they were like, we assumed that he was triggering a bomb, potentially. Yeah, yeah, but like the reversal happened, and that was unexpected. Even to Shea,
1: seems like they were surprised too.
2: That was it.
1: That was the end of book two. A lot of questions, strange things, setting up book three. What's going to happen? What's going to happen as you guys start to head to uh, where they said, hey, we're going to go to a steward's base, debrief, relax, figure out from there. And, I mean, what could go wrong, right? You know, there are six other books most of them are just detailing different resorts that you go to honestly so there's no conflict in the rest of the adventure ever all role play it'll be super <laughs> fun and super easy great. to storm. <laughs> sure
3: well it was it was a fun book it, at times it was I felt exhausted sometimes just because of the pace and, and how crazy it was like always always having to do something always having to survive but it was really great some
1: great moments. It's fun. Yeah. I was just going to ask what you guys thought uh, about book two, comparing to book one real quick. So like from, from, um, a, from a
6: listener perspective, because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in book two, but I'm in book two for like 18 seconds. <laughs> um, like as a, as a listener, book one was, uh, such a, uh, setting the stage where everyone was on even ground. And, um, you know, there was a there was a sinister aspect, but it was more of a refined, systematic issue than it was like a real and present danger. Where book two, um, it was it was both more your stereotypical dungeon crawler, and also like you're never safe, you're never home, and it also I felt like created space for each of the characters to fall more into their own um, fortés where dr okay yeah. could really lean into his his life science um where kevin could really lean into just like murdering stuff um
3: stop it He was good at killing stuff you know yeah it was great
6: um really happy and like colin pulling up in the 11th hour to heal everybody like it i feel like it, it was you. an opportunity for everyone to to fall into their roles and I'm, I'm curious to see how those roles grow in in book three i also want to say um and that was very well said. I also
3: want to say, uh, like, there were so many choices where if we, there were just binary choices. And if we went like one way, we would have probably all died. Like, the uh, weeks carefully choosing who to ally with, who to negotiate with, who to walk away from, like, when to sleep and stuff like that, like, made all the difference. And so that was very different from book one. We could have had yeah. a, a total party kill for sure. I mm-hmm. feel like we got through it skin of our teeth. Yeah, we did.
0: Yeah, we did. And our choices mattered a lot. Yep. I yeah. Although I managed to stay pretty high on health points most of the time. But, like, I don't have that <laughs> <Yeah>. many.
1: That's. <laughs> I mean, that's part of your style of play. It's part of the biohacker and other mechanic, right? Yeah. It's like you're not in a class where you're just going to soak up and frontline. Right. Like, that's not that's not what you're trying to do. You're doing a lot of other really mm-hmm. cool. Trying to
0: maneuver my way through the... Uh, Life science, so to speak, of uh, how to strategize and approach yeah. our obstacles. Was that a Anyhow? Carl Sagan quote? No, okay. <laughs> <A> <laughs> P- I have no P- Paul dude. Sagan quotes. Those are all on our, <laughs> our friends' podcast.
1: Yeah, crossover play. Called uh, anything else that anyone else wants to add? Well, hold
2: on, I just want, I think, want to say,
3: just please. sorry, listeners. If you are interested dude. in learning more about that, you should hear uh, oh, yeah. our our crossover um, not crossover. It's not our like well there is Collab- a little bit of crossover actually. Our collaboration with um <laughs> Emotional Power Pack. On- and what's yeah. it? it's called um, traveling power on pack. emergency power. Power pack.
2: Power yeah. pack yeah. Power Pack volume on one power.
3: you can check it out on yeah. um Emotional.
1: Yeah. Yep. Not
3: like yeah he's not yeah. on that so if you're a big fan of benny and no one else then don't don't listen then, then don't, even don't
1: bother. yeah then don't even don't waste your time <laughs> jen's not gonna listen yeah at all actually i think
6: if, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you are a fan of Colin, you may want to check out our uh next feature kev you want to plug that
2: Ooh. oh yeah so coming up soon um wait are we finished are we talking i didn't finish my book two stuff so all oh, right anyways we're not going to jump right into book three uh, I think we mentioned it in a couple episodes, but we are actually going to roll into. I'm taking over as GM for one story arc. Um, I'm going to be running Junker's Delight, so if you're aware of that and understand it, you know, it is what it is. Um, but we're going to call that segment "Unknown Treasures." And fun fact for everybody: this is my first time ever GMing. Ever. Yeah. Period. Like I, we've never even done like a test session. And this he's going to do me. it
3: perfectly. He's going to be great. And That's no right. gonna no mistakes.
2: mistakes. I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to forget anything. That's the expectation. I'm not going to yeah. do a tech about two when I can't. No, no, no. no, no, no. That's yeah. what's going to happen.
1: There's no room for no. rants because there's nothing to rant about. It's going yeah. 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 Right. to be flawless. Because
2: I'm the one that does the rants usually. I can't <laughs> yeah. do that because yeah. i And then <laughs> what
1: I'm curious to see uh, is what your rants will be about after you've now GM. <laughs> You'll just be ranting as a GM about
2: like, I'll I'll be honest. Like... the thinking about running this game is going <laughs> awesome. to GM. It's be awesome don't, worry about, like, oh, don't is, worry about it don't worry about it. this is a one-time event this so is not this is, we're gonna understand I, you
6: know this is the sure. beauty of gming yeah. and dming if you do it terribly no one knows
1: <laughs> no one knows dude it's great <laughs> yeah. It's great
2: but i do want to say um book one versus book two i think book one was fun they're both equally as fun i think i really enjoyed playing both of them um i think that book one it's, it's almost like we're going through, like, evolutions of emotions. And book one was, like, curiosity.
0: I felt like book, book one two... was more mysterious interaction.
6: Two sets of the same coin. And book two is versus paranoia.
0: sheer terror. Mm. Mm. Yes.
2: Yeah.
6: yeah. Yeah.
2: And I'm very curious to see what book three is bringing. Because, like, we clearly have four more books to go through. I don't know what
3: to expect. And I just want to say that this, this little break between two and three uh, for um, Unknown Treasures... Um, not not giving much away here, but this is this is part of our developing universe of will save. So if you like what we're doing right now, you'll like it too it's it's all kind of one grand like. Like world that we're crafting for you, and so you there's took a the lot words. We're actually
2: yeah. we're just gonna go into those three rooms that we didn't talk. That's about. it. That's <laughs> yeah. the whole part <laughs> of the unknown treasures. It's literally <laughs> just a separate <laughs> yeah, AP just to go to
6: those rooms. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so you end up on this thing. the The troll's already dead, but like you get to walk through. What doors do you go to?
1: And after <laughs> an it appears. Um, no. um, yeah. <laughs> Kelly, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, we are definitely planning a lot of content and working within the awesome stuff that Paizo is making with the Starfire. Your whole universe and all the adventure paths, and especially these standalone adventures that are coming out. Uh, you know, Junker's Delight is the first of an extra galactic addition to the Will Save universe. Yes,
2: yeah, Paizo puts out some good stories, and so we're living within those boundaries, and we're
1: creating kind of our own
3: as well along the way, and like you know, making something special for you. So, which
2: is which is part of the point. If you're, and especially if you're a GM or a player. Um, and you're exploring Starfinder as a whole a lot of these stories are written to be a little bit open-ended yep. mm-hmm. so that you can put whatever character you want into that role and and explore it. And, and then you turn around and you have other books like um, oh shoot what's the name Galactic of Galactic Magic Exploration Manual
1: Gal- um, yeah well, Starship Operations Manual Character Operations Manual Galactic Magic well,
2: well specifically the, the galaxy exploration lets you build planets and create civilizations and you can go completely homebrew yeah. just by there's also a card deck that you can literally yep. fold cards over Make a and random choose what's the next
1: So Honestly, just read, just open any Starfinder book and point to a random point in the page and read that section. And Paizo has already written in these things being like, hey, so this person, maybe this person is looking for adventurers to go help with this strange mystery that's happening. And you're like, they, they just drop storylines and plot lines in like every other sentence. It's really great. Yes. With that, thank you for listening to book two thank you for listening to plot armor thanks for being an awesome part of the willing and awesome part of the uh, will save experience as we like to say around here and yes. uh, woo, there it is and we're with so that,
0: thankful for for all of our listeners who Yeah, you. we honestly
1: can't do it without you
3: thank you willing thanks yeah, for thank all you. the cool conversations we have on discord and twitter and places like that it's it's fun like meeting a lot of you and getting to know a lot more about you Gaming yep. with some of you from time we to time. The, the rules, lawyers for yeah. Getting to see you back, paralegals in the firm for all that you do as well. Everything
1: it's awesome. Yep, so. you are at our table. That's where we'd love to have you. and We'd love to hang out with you yep. at our table. And
6: that's why we have yeah. the table for you guys to join us. Keep an eye yeah, out on. That's, that's why us. we have the table. We've got yeah. some, we've got some fun stuff cooking up. Not just junkers and uh yeah. We'll keep you informed. Yeah. Come join us on Discord. Find out what it is. Yeah.
1: See you next. We'll save Wednesday. With Junker's delight, untold, unknown treasure. With Kevin, GM of unknown treasures, the music has already started playing.
2: You excited, Kev? I'm super nervous. It's not fair. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 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 equally as excited though. I'm, I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun.
0: We're excited. I'm I I super excited. I'm pulling.
2: I I'm pulling stuff from John's book and. Even John's going to be like, what the heck? What's going on? I'm excited for that. And then I'm not going to tell you anything at the end and make That's, John I'm figure it out. excited for off our
0: characters. I mean... Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I do.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> our characters. <Yeah>. This is <laughs> Staking just for that alone. It sounds super yeah. thin,
6: but I think I might be most excited to hear Kev dodge questions. In plot armor junkies <laughs> Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. yep. <laughs> but I—I'll t- be honest. Like uh, I'm looking forward to plot armor because that's the end of my GMing ever, and I, I have nothing to hide after that. So I'll tell you everything exactly. <laughs> <laughs>